And that is a great way to begin the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Should I Play That? My name is Rod. This is not Chris. My, my voice is not Chris. You might be thinking like, oh my God, it's been 85 episodes and Chris has always introduced them. Well, things are going a little bit differently right now. Uh, Chris will be back uh, soon. He's out uh, this week. Uh, it's just James and I again. However, we do have a special guest. Um, a new our, challenger. <laughs> a new challenger. I like that. A new challenger approaches. Um, we've got our mod for the Twitch chat, uh, this, this Twitch show that we run every Wednesday at 9 Eastern. Uh, Subject T, how's it going? It's going really well. I had a pretty crappy birthday last week, but today I've got new car insurance because I'm old. <laughs> adulting. <laughs> no, I know, All I was right. adulting today, but I had a really chill day today. I was in a sped class for half a day, and then I was in the office for the rest of the day, so it was a pretty mm. chill day. Good, good. Well, we're really glad to have you here. I'm looking forward to the to having the show with you, hearing all your amazing perspectives. You know, we, we talk a lot off mic as well. So, you know, it's always exciting yes. to have you here on the show. Uh, and as Chris would say, James to the green, my man, Yo. what's going on? I am doing pretty well, man. I've just been uh, what's this, working as best I can, relishing in this new generation we are we are diving headfirst into. It's been a good been a good week. Good, good. Yeah, I know it's it's weird, right? Like kind of being post next gen. Like the consoles are out. We're kind of you know I wouldn't say the thick of it yet since the, they just released, but I mean it's like we're we've entered the honeymoon phase where everything is still mm-hmm. like really really good. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be talking about the the PS5 launch. And speaking of things that we'll be talking about later, if you've never listened to Should I Play That Before, we are a podcast dedicated to talking about uh, everything regarding the video game industry and the culture surrounding it. And we start the day off with what you've been playing, where we talk about uh, what we've been getting into for the last week. Uh, we dig into some industry news, and then we conclude with the main topic, which is going to be the PS5 launch. Last week, we brought you guys the Xbox launch. Now it's Sony's time to shine. We have, we've had a week with it, um, and I'm just really excited to, to start digging into it officially on the show and seeing what everybody's thoughts are. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into the show. Helena, what you been playing? Uh, I've been playing... A little bit of Pokemon uh, Crown Tundra. I forgot to mention that in the pre-show. Dude, that DLC is funny. There's some funny dialogue. Because you meet um, a certain car- main or a certain villain's brother. And he is the funniest dude ever. He is so stupid, but funny. And there's like some stupid like... Uh, like... Uh, what is it called? like word text and flames and stuff because he names every adventure something like its own mini title. It's so funny. I love it to pieces. It's probably the best DLC because the crap or the Isle of armor wasn't that great. It was really weird, but whatever, Mm. but the crown tundra is really good. That's like a good, like chunk of the like Pokemon. Like it really completes it. So you mentioned that people speak in like flame emojis. Where are these like Zoomer trainers? Like what's going on? No, it's so the dude like this guy, uh, the villain's brother. Uh, he's like a really, he's very childlike in the way that he acts, and 
his daughter is so embarrassed by him that she runs away whenever you first get there. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to take you in. And she, you're like, yeah, let's do it. And so you're trying to find this legendary that's on the cover for the Pokemon Tundra. And you actually can decide what kind of horse the legendary Pokemon rides. It could either be a ghost type or an ice type. And I think the ghost type looks cooler. So you get okay. to pick the horse of the legendary Mon? Yes, because you're supposed to beat it a certain type of carrot. So it could either be a like a like a I think it was like a cursed carrot or a or a ice carrot or something like that. And you're like, oh, so it's gonna be either a ghost type or ice type. So I'm just gonna go with the ghost type because it looks cooler. Interesting. And then huh. he like the Pokemon can't speak because it just sounds like just animal noises or whatever. So he like takes over your new found partner, the brother or the um like the dude that's with you throughout this adventure. And he like speaks through him and anytime he like leaves him, he's like, Oh man, was I sleeping outside again? Oh geez, I should really go inside. And then <laughs> anytime he sees the big like the legendary Pokemon, he's like, "Oh, that's a massive fucking noggin." Well, he doesn't say fucking because oh like yeah, I was about game. to say whoa. But, <laughs> but he's whoa, like, "That's a massive noggin." <laughs> They've grown up, okay. You asked for this. Just the word noggin cracks me up because I love British terms. They just sound so stupid and funny at the same time. <laughs> Why are you it flaming just, our English listeners out I'm here? Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's like the second week in a so row. Funny. <laughs> it's just so funny. I love it. I just love the Pokemon uh, the Crown Tundra DLC and be able to do those um Max Raid uh stuff is really hard because you have to get your Pokemon through like like three or four battles without dying before you get to the final thing because it still counts as like your regular Dynamax raid, like if a Pokemon dies four times or um, you don't get through it in ten turns or whatever, then you lose. Mm -hmm. That still happens. Like, even if you get to the final boss, if a Pokemon dies, then yeah. you have three chances or whatever. Like, it still carries on all the way to the very end. And sometimes so it's really hard. With this DLC, you know, you mentioned that the Isle uh, DLC, was it Isle of Flame or armor? Armor. armor. Um, Isle of Armor. That DLC you mentioned wasn't as good, but the the Crown Tundra though is significantly better. So, what is making it? Um, it, it besides the writing, like, is there anything fundamentally about um the Crown Tundra that's make, putting it over Isle of Armor for you? Um, I want to say it's honestly those max raids because it's pretty challenging because you're given. Um, Pokemon that you don't like you're not taking in your own Pokemon the game so is like giving rentals. you yeah they're giving you rentals and then every time you go battle a Pokemon you can either take it with you if you can like everything is 100% catch right you cannot lose a Pokemon hmm. and so okay. you can either trade out that one to try to like I guess min-max your way to having the perfect like be uh, strong against the uh, legendary Pokemon or whatever, yeah. but it's all R RNG too. Mm. Like they all 
like each rental has its own uh, item that it's holding and its own like set of moves that it has. Okay. So they basically took the Pokemon Stadium approach and put that in the main game. Yeah, they're like it's a pretty good challenge because you're also you can also do it online too. Or yeah, there's online and offline, but online is you're with other people and you're trying to like I guess what I try to do is have a variety just in case whatever the legendary is, it can be either good or weak against and then you have like three or four tries to try to find the right Pokemon to be strong against the legendary so you can have a better chance of winning. Because mm. okay. I've actually lost some max raids just because the entire um, like the legendary was gearing up and stuff and just took out like three Pokemon at once and then we all lost and we all got blown out. Right. Huh. Okay. This, this sounds, you know, it sounds interesting. I know you and I, we've talked about it. You've mentioned it. Um, you know, Sword, Sword and Shield were cool. Um, those were cool games. I, I may check this out maybe like on a sale or something. I'm not rushing for it, but the fact that oh, you're yeah. saying it's, the fact that you're saying that it's really good though, um, does make me feel confident that I do want to check this out eventually, like down the road. Um, I, I'd be interested. It was a, you know, the, the main campaign was breezy, but, but also fun. Like I didn't not have a good time. I think Chris actually liked it less than I did. I want to say, uh, and I remember us having that discussion about it, but, um, I, I had a, a fine time, perfectly fine time with sword and shield. I wouldn't rem- mind returning to that particular world, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and see them expand on some of the ideas that they brought forth. So yeah, things like max raid battles are pretty neat too. Yeah, and I love how it's a hundred percent catch rate with any of the legendaries. So you can use any of like the other unique Pokemon balls, like the Moon Ball or a Dream Ball or a Love Ball or anything like that, and have like a personalized uh, Pokemon ball to that legendary. So mm. it seems like they've really embraced the idea of just kind of giving you the Pokemon you want. Yeah, and making it like as customizable as an experience for you as possible. A little bit, yeah. And um, you can either have it randomized for you, so you don't know what you are gonna like be rating in the for the legendary raids, or you can ask um, the dude's daughter that left that left him at the beginning of the game. She can give you a hint, be like, oh. I'm looking for uh, Gyarados or whatever, so you can, or not Gyarados, but uh, or like Zapdos or whatever, and you, you can actually select a certain uh, legendary Pokemon that you want to try to get. Hmm. So they give you, so you can either do it randomized or you can look for a certain one if you do the research for it or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that's like the biggest draw for somebody like me who's familiar with like the Pokemon series and has been through most of the games, that sort of thing. But just knowing that if like, I want to have a Zapdos, like you said, or like a new Moltres, it's a lot easier just to pick up and be like, I'll set the fight for you, but I know exactly what I'm getting. And I can work for it. If I really want one, and that's cool. Yeah. The only thing that still bugs me is that there are no Pokemon, uh, stops. I think, where you like go in and you can see Nurse Troy and she revives her team or whatever, or heals them up. Like there's right, none of that in, go. yeah, 
there's none of that in either DLC, and that really makes me mad because I just want one. Just give me one, and they don't give you any. Like you, you still like have the Pokemon to go to centers the, at all. Yeah, there's no Pokemon centers at all. Hmm. Like you have to go to the mainland to visit a Pokemon center. Do you find that to be annoying, or is it that, is annoying? Is that, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> because huh. I want to get some more Pokeballs, but I have to get out of the loading thing instead of just riding up to one or whatever. Right, right. And I have okay. to load back in because it like it scrolls upwards, it like freezes and then goes up, and then yeah. you have to find anyone or if you need certain Pokeballs or whatever, you have to go to each one and go back down. So basically, the plan for the DLC before you go. Yes, but it's still it's so cheesy. I love it. So if you don't find that hu- that cheesy humor very good, then it's gonna be like kind of a meh thing. But yeah. I find his dialogue to be super funny. Good because British okay. people three head Twitch emotes. I don't know what that means, but I'm Me gonna say uh, all right. Three head <laughs> is is funny. It's it's like a British dude missing teeth and. His all his face is all squished. Wow, that sounds vaguely racist. All right, so um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep going from that one. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny Whoa. in context. Speaking Whoa. of England, I've heard <laughs> yeah, there's been another you. game that you're playing. <laughs> oh yeah, Valhalla. So whenever, so I have 20 hours in it, and it starts off pretty good. I I chose male Avor because. I did some research before choosing because I didn't want to be stuck with the Odyssey conundrum of good female voice actress and terrible male voice actor. So I did some research and from what people said, either one is fine. Like they're both good. So I just went with the male one or you could have the animus choose for you and it'll switch between the two genders depending on the story context. I, I heard something about that, and it sounded kind of neat. So, like, I mostly don't care about the modern-day stuff in Assassin's Creed, but I do think that the way that it, it is utilized in a really great way is when it plays with the the his, the ancient history stuff, um, you know, more, more so. Well, not ancient, I guess, but you know what I mean. Like, the historical aspects of, of the game, like, in that context, it's like the animus is glitching or something, right? Like in terms yes. of yeah, like that stuff is cool. Okay. Yeah, it it literally starts out, starts off with uh, an animus person. I don't want to spoil who is in the main or in the modern day, except for Layla, because that's the person that you follow. Mm-hmm. But the animus person is like, "Yo, uh, there's a split between these genes, so that's when you get to choose what gender, or you can let the animus decide, and it'll just." switch between the two freely and you can always change the gender at any point in the game too okay so they just really opened up the like you could choose any instead of like odyssey where they just made you choose one yeah yeah that that seems like a a cool compromise I, i feel like a lot of people may have chosen like alexios in the last one and been like god damn it after five hours <laughs> wish they would have made a well, different choice <laughs> what's really <sighs> I don't know, because I wonder if uh, Cassandra was the canon 
person because in this game they mention Cassandra whenever you yeah. get a staff yeah. that she gives to you. And so from what I've, from what I've heard, right. she was supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. And then so, they wanted to have Alexios as a playable character too. Because I, I think this is back when it was like women don't sell video games. That oh, era. Oh yeah. So they kind of shoehorned him in, if I remember, if I recall correctly. That's why he sounds so awkward. That that sounds that sounds like that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess they've like circumvented that issue. Yeah, Hmm. but oh my god, I fucking hate the modern day stuff now. It gave me so much anxiety whenever I was going to bed that night because it's like world is ending, like magnetic fields are all over the place, and there's always a the um, northern lights are always on or whatever, and it's just giving me really bad anxiety about, like, climate change. And I don't know why it did, but I was just, like, freaking out. Leave it to Assassin's Creed. This is all a Templar plot. it's 2012 again. (laughs) Assassin's Creed 3 all over again. Oh, my God. Was that 2012? Yes, it was. Because Desmond saved the world in 2012. (laughs) Dude, we're old. That was eight years ago. Oh God! Oh. That was a that was a three sixty PS three game. I remember playing it like vividly, sitting down and playing it, collecting those little parchment things. Um, so, yeah, Jesus. Um, That's the only thing I, I remember from that game. So, if you didn't finish like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like the way that she acts in the modern day stuff probably wouldn't make very much sense to you. And especially there's an email if you, like, read her emails and uh, one of them is in the trash bin. It's like, I'm sorry. Or she was trying to apologize to Victoria's parents, which is, like, the blonde doctor lady that was caring for her while she's in the Animus, who is now gone. Yeah. I want to talk a a little bit, like, high level on this game, like, just to start, because I don't mind getting into, like, the weeds on that, on some of this, but but let's start from a, from a higher level. So, this Valhalla is probably, what, similar to Origins and Odyssey in terms of gameplay. Like, this is continuing the same structure that Ubisoft has started to establish with this franchise being more RPG-esque? Yes, very much so. Okay. Okay. This one even has, like, a more broader skill tree than Odyssey. Like, you start off with um, the person in the middle, which is, like, your very base stats, and then it branches off into different constellations, and they give boosts in a very, like, very low percentage way. Like, everything is, like, less than 5% boost to whatever. It'll be, like, 3.2 damage or 3.2% damage to stealth or for stealth or whatever. But it's just like, I'm still not, I still haven't branched out enough to find all the constellations. I'm still like missing several. Hmm. Like it's a very, very large skill tree. Okay. And this is a question really for, for both of you as well. So James, you've been playing this too. So feel free to chime in. Um, so, So you were really, so a lot of times, with Odyssey, you heard people say, okay, if you want to play, I haven't played either of those games, Ordinance or Odyssey, which one do I play? A lot of times people would say, just pick the setting you like the most. Does that apply here to Valhalla, or are there gameplay elements here that differentiate it uh, between those two games and whatever Valhalla is? 
Um, I would say yes. I think they went because you felt too much like indestructible in Odyssey, so they scaled it back to where you can die. And they start off with Eivor not knowing how to uh, do the leap of faith. And so if you try to do your like synchronizations, you could totally jump off and die. So, but I mean, like, so, and I'm thinking about it, and I apologize, maybe I should clarify too. Um, really on a general level is is what you're doing in these games in terms of like, okay, because you did, um, subject, you did mention that, you know, you've got the items and you've got like this, there's stealth in here as well. Um, it is mm-hmm. an Assassin's Creed game after all. So um, you've got those elements that are were present in Origins of Odyssey, but you do have the RPG light elements. Um, are you, is it still like a gigantic open world? You're taking side missions. Like, is it, does it feel like a, an Origins or Odyssey clone, but within a Vikings aesthetic? Or are there, is there, is there, is there a specific feature that they're trying to utilize that makes it different from those other two games? Because I feel like the first two are not that different from each other. There are differences, but I feel like they're more subtle. I feel like that continues on here. It mm. does. It, it feels places. very... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like their big focus is raids. Would you agree? Right. Like, that's the killer feature if there was one for this go-around. Okay, tell me about raids. I don't know anything about that. So, based from a story perspective, you are leaving Norway heading over to England in search of like establishing your own kingdom. And so when you get there, you have nothing really just the Vikings that you came with and whatever little bit you were able to take from Norway. So of course the uh, main objective is establishing your settlement and making it grow. So the best way to grab supplies is to steal from other settlements and other people. And we do that in the form of raids. So you'll head out on your long boat. You'll grab your crew. You'll find a spot on the map. It'll pop, it'll pop up a uh, a raid button. So Avor blows the horn, and then you basically rush that settlement with your crew. And that's a really cool moment. I wouldn't really say that it's game changing. No. Mm, okay. It, it's more like the basic Assassin's Creed. You take on a group of soldiers, but now you just have. People yeah, more to, AI like, with you. Yeah, more AI with you. Ah, okay. It kind of gives you that sense of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. It it is nice to like see villagers fleeing in fear and see people like lighting barns on fire because they will do that, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. The first time I realized, like, oh, that building is burnt now. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, you know what? And I think I we did. I may have asked you that question last week as well, which was, you know, do, how do they frame? the Vikings here, like the, mm-hmm. the form of raids, like just that idea conceptually, morally is like really abhorrent. So like if, if, if it's a thing of like, okay, here's this thing that should be fun. Like, are they frame? I mean, interested in like, are they painting that as like a fun thing to do? Like, mm-hmm. how is that well, all presented? The, the it's, big it's, raids happen mm-hmm. at monasteries, which cracks me up. <laughs> yeah it kind of it varies from viking to viking i feel like as far as how they're framing what they're doing yeah but like that monastery bit is a really cool part because it's like the norse are coming through and they have their own way of doing things worshiping their gods their own way of worship and they're like what what is up with 
these monasteries, a bunch of monks are here to guard their like their royal, not their royalty, but like their gods stuff. Yeah, it's like one of the lines was like, why do they hang their gods on a cross? Right. Like, why are we celebrating the thing that killed their god or something yeah. like that was the line. Right. <clears throat> and so it's that weird dichotomy of like, we we fight for ours. Y'all just pray. Like that sort of thing. Yeah, it's very right. clashing cultures. Like you can see it even in like they call it world events. It's, they're not really like side questy stuff, like full on length ones. They're just like mini quests that you can run into. And there's one of them where uh, you can either meet like monks or whatever, and they just you can they like talk to you about like their god and they like put like they put you down and they're like dude i don't know why you're putting me down i just follow my gods you follow yours or whatever like the vikings are or avor is very chill about it he's very like neutral like he's not like like he tries to engage with them and then they're just kind of like being really like negative uh towards avor some of them are nice and some of them are just like really mean about it but I guess from like a outward perspective, it's more of like a we're doing this because it needs to be done. Not so much that they revel in the fact that they're murdering, yeah. right? Yeah, and they yeah, only that, kill the soldiers. Question. I don't I haven't seen them kill like villagers. Yeah, they actually will penalize you for killing um, like civilians and stuff like that. Oh, really? Like the original games. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Huh? If you okay. kill too many UDs, synchronize or whatever, but yeah. Right. It, it feels, it feels like they're really trying to marry the uh, the Origins and Odyssey style with the original, because there's even the ability to cut on like instant assassinations. Mm-hmm. So you can basically bypass that entire game mechanic entirely, as far as like leveling up your assassins boost. If you stab somebody, that's it. <laughs> if that's how you want to play. Yeah, there's like uh, specific stealth settings you can input, right? Like uh, no, no, it'll be all of them. Not even just like oh wow. If you cut it on before the game starts, I think you can cut it on mid game even. But any assassination you do is insta kill. Hmm. Okay. No, that's not true because some of the heavies, there'll be a quick time prompt, and if you get the parentheses in the red zone, then you can actually kill them without having to like level up your uh, blade or whatever. Yeah, that's how they do it. If you cut the, if you keep the auto kill off, but there's an. There's like a setting where you can just skip that whole thing entirely. Oh, I have that. I guess I have that off because I have the parentheses where. It yeah, it's like it's towards the bottom of the options. It's like an accessibility thing. Oh yeah, I just skip that because huh. I want to. I want to do it myself. Mm-hmm. I want to try and get good with the quick time events. Okay, so so right now I'm hearing like there are some some significant differences. Maybe not game changing like you mentioned, James, but enough to where like if you played a hundred hours of both games, you'd have something there to to you know dig into that's new um, mm-hmm. here. Now, can you sail you- in this game? By the way, like, oh yeah, that's like the main thing. Okay, that's what I figured. I was like, Vikings sailed <laughs> quite often, so I would hope right. that 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 they could they could do that. James, you may have mentioned this a little bit last week as well, but um, I really love Black Flag. Like that is a game. Well, love might be strong, but I liked it a hell of a lot. 
And I thought the most unique aspect of all of that was the the sailing. Obviously, I was like, just make a game of this, and I'm I'm happy. Uh, so I was wondering how like in depth it, it was in this. So it might get more in depth the further I go into the game, mm-hmm. but at this point, I'm just using a longboat, so there's not really naval combat, right? Like I don't there think were in there the last is games. naval combat in this game, just because yeah. there's a, so much land. Because yeah, it's just a lot of like going rivers. up rivers, right? Ah, uh, okay, understood. So I don't think there's any naval combat in this one. So I guess that's another difference between, I guess, Odyssey and Valhalla because. I know that um, Origins didn't have naval combat. Well, right. they had that one mission. Yeah, the, that yeah there was that, that, yeah, that one sequence, the, the one. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so last thing I did, actually, before I had to shut the game down for a while, because uh, other stuff was happening, coming out. But yes, yes. Um, I really love that stuff. But okay. Valhalla seems cool. Like, it seems, it seems neat. How's the performance on your Xbox Series X? Because Digital Foundry put out a article today saying that it runs just slight, like fifteen percent better on a PS5, and that Xbox Series X was experiencing like some pretty bad screen tears and stuff. And my PS4, it has some pretty major um, frame drops as well, like down to like the teens. I do not want to jinx myself. I just think I've had really good roles as far as like next gen is concerned. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't had any screen tearing. It runs at a smooth 60 for me. Um, HDR looks great. Draw distances are insane. Synchronization points are just breathtaking to look at. Oh, um, I love the music in this game too. It's so good. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. I love the synchronization music. It's like, especially got, in like, Norway, it's so beautiful. This mysterious, almost like ethereal tone to it. Mm. And I'm oh, just, I will say that about this game. It leans into the mythology a lot more, like head on in this one, as it were, as opposed to the last couple, mm. where they kind Yo, of felt like additions, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you done any like assassinations of the Order yet? Um, no, I actually just unlocked the, uh, the Bureau. To get the ability. I've been doing a few raids and haven't done too much else. I've been on PlayStation mostly this week. So mm-hmm. impressions are limited. But from what I've gathered over that little bit of time I've been playing. Dude, the the assassinations are just... It's like... Uh, I love the new assassinations. Like the screen where you kill the... What, like one of the orders. And it like goes into like a black screen. And it like fills everything with like what they see or whatever but this one you have someone else walking with you whenever like you assassinate them oh my god it's so good it's so good i'm so enjoying this right now i need to get further in because that that is sound interesting yeah so i'm always not for a good soundtrack oh yeah the soundtrack is amazing it's not as annoying as odyssey i found odyssey is to be very like like high pitch tingy noise and the constant playing of Ezio's theme but Odyssey remix on the main screen was getting on my nerves. Hmm. Are you telling me you weren't loving that? <laughs> Not for I put 120 hours in Odyssey. 
no, I was not. <laughs> because I like, because they didn't do that in Origins, but I guess they made a patch to where it is now in that main menu. And I was really sad because you get that drop at the very end of Odyssey main game. And it was such a good scene, too. So I'm sad that they ruined it in Odyssey by just having it playing all the time. But I haven't, I don't think I've heard it in Valhalla yet. And they actually brought Jesper Kidd back, the guy who did all yeah. the SEO uh, music, which I'm super oh, really? happy for. Yes. So that's why it's so good. I guess that makes a lot more sense now as to why they've kept that theme around. Yep. Okay. Any uh, final words on Valhalla? Um, I'm glad that it actually outsold uh, Call of Duty Cold War from what I saw. Oh, really? I hadn't seen that yet. In in America? Uh, I, th- I think worldwide or something like that. I don't know. I didn't see, or I didn't look deeply into it, but I just saw that it was outselling uh, Cold War, and it had a lot of new players buying it, too. Like, yeah, it ha- it's it- selling more than it did in Odyssey. Yeah, it seems like a good, you know, launch game. It's a, it's a season that I, there are things coming out, but it's not like an avalanche of things. Um, but I mean, for a game that seems to be really solid, um, it's reviewed decently. Uh, I would say that this seems like a no-brainer to pick up, especially with people buying new consoles. It seems like a nice showpiece for that, too. And I'm just glad that this game got to have its breathing room away from Cyberpunk. Yeah. 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 Because trying to cram in like two huge games like that at the same time oh, would yes. not have been fun. No. All like, right. This feels like someone I'm going to drag out over the course of the next like six months or so. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, I mean, these games can do that, right? Like you have a billion side quests. Uh, you can mm-hmm. easily ring 100 hours out of these things. So, James, I would look up the, um, the ending to Atlantis because you don't have to play it. Just look up the ending to it. That's the thing, though. I, I kind of want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's part of what like what helped me um, iffy about picking this one up because I wanted to finish the Odyssey DLC. But like Is you said, Atlantis it's a good show your piece. last one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would say that's the most important one. Haiti, the yeah Hades world is kind of nothing really happened. It's basically that. That first one that you go to and the last one, Atlantis, have major implications. Noted. All right. Well, appreciate it. Subject uh, on diving deep on those games. James, what you Yo, I've been playing a lot of PlayStation 5. Um, most to completion, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. If you expected anything less, then you haven't been listening long enough. <laughs> It's, there there was nothing else for me to play. <laughs> um, and I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised in certain portions. Oh, wow. Um, and I wanted to ad- address something that we spoke about before when we were worried about the length of the game and feeling like Miles was getting the side story treatment. Mm-hmm. I think those worries were unfounded. While it is a shorter game than Spider-Man, the original, I think that it does everything it needs to do within its runtime without overstaying its welcome. Mm -hmm. And also given the fact that Miles is somewhat of a newer character 
in the Spider-Man mythos and not having the the fullest roster of villains or just side characters. I think that they took what they have that like tried and true worked and they used it really well here. Yeah. Yeah. I- I've been playing this too. Uh, did you finish it, James? Yeah, I finished it today. You finished it? Okay. Um, I finished it as well. Um, I finished it maybe within a couple days of, of getting it. And um, I think I mostly agree with you on that. Like I, I don't think that so it this does feel like a side story, but not because of the the actual narrative itself. So I do think I do agree with you that like that part of it, it that w- was unfounded, uh, or at least I should say it it didn't come to pass. Like that that fear did not come true. Like I do I finished this game at, in like five six hours, um, or at least the story, and I felt satisfied, uh, which is. Which is great, you know. I but I also I walked in expecting a Lost Legacy style game, so I think that also contributed to it. If I had walked in with a different expectation, I could maybe see where I'd been. I would have been like, "Oh man, why couldn't we have gotten a little bit more here?" Um, and even though it's so short, like it feels like it packs a lot in here uh, with enough mm-hmm. breadcrumbs to continue either in a proper Spider-Man two. Or in a Miles Morales too, because I don't know what they'll do quite yet. There's a um, without spoiling anything, there is a, a scene at the end here that will tie directly into the next game. Um, but it doesn't really make sense if you haven't played the first Spider-Man, though. So yeah, I was thinking about that too. That was really yeah, odd. yeah. So it's like I wonder how it's going to be like it going forward. Are these Spider-Man games going to kind of uh, have the Miles and Peter story as one, or are they going to continue doing like the separate franchises? Um, I wasn't quite certain on that. So, um, but just Miles Morales on its own, this thing is like a graphical powerhouse. Uh, this, it just, there were very few moments where my jaw was not, like not on the floor. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I am playing like on a, we're both playing on a, on a PS5 as well. So like, I don't know the experience that you get on a PS4. Apparently it's not bad. It's just not as, it's not, not, not yeah, it's not 4, it, 4K, no ray tracing, it, things like that. It's basically Spider-Man PS4. Yes, right, right. And, as far and as that, performance goes. Exactly, as far as performance goes. And honestly, I would probably extend that mostly to the game itself. And I don't use that as a knock against it, because I think this is a mm-hmm. fine game in its own right. But, you know, it, it is, it, it, a lot of it is Spider-Man 2018, like in terms of like what you're doing in the city. Like there's no real like big change. And it didn't really need that. Um, this game would have only had like a two-year dev time, uh, so there's there's only so much that they can that they're really going to do, and I'm I'm sure that they're holding all their cards for the actual Spider-Man two, um, and so I'm fine with this being like the spinoff or whatever. Like if they want to expand on this later on, definitely do so. Um, I'm actually happy with the side missions and the narrative that we got. I don't know, like if I'm going to go back and do like all the hideouts and the collectibles and all that other stuff. Like I think I'm going to play some other games first and then maybe come back to it. But if I do come back, it will absolutely be to like swing around, watch the animations. Uh, like it's a truly, truly beautiful game. Yeah. Um, I ended up playing a little bit of this with my girlfriend cause she just wanted to check out the new console too. And there was a point where she was like, are we not watching a cutscene?" <laughs> mm, <laughs> like she, mm-hmm. she was, she was unsure of like what part was gameplay and which part was cutscene. That just speaks to like how fluid this game yeah. animates 
and yeah. how beautiful this thing is when it's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, yeah. They're Insomniac is they're definitely showing off in the first like twenty minutes of this game when like mm-hmm. with the opening action sequence and there's like debris falling everywhere and not to mention like the very last uh, boss fight which takes place in like this facility with a bunch of glass and the system never chugs and there's individual shards and and debris flying everywhere and it's just mm-hmm. like it's it's insane and it's it's really a showpiece for what the the console can do uh, which is impressive i really hope we're not hitting upper limits yet that's the thing i don't think like, so. i need this to be yeah. the baseline like yeah if this is baseline games from now on Oof. Yeah, I think it is because it's still it still has that that PS4 um, framework because it has to run on that console, so they're not really going to be utilizing it quite yet. Um, we'll start seeing we'll start seeing that in games like Demon Souls, um, which is not available anywhere else. It's built from the ground up completely for PS5, so it can complete it can use all those assets. Now it is a remake, so you know we will talk about that shortly. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like I'm super hyped to see like what a Spider Man two looks like especially if it's only going to be on next gen or ps5 like i think it'd be pretty cool um yeah do you think it was worth the was it 70 dollars 70 dollars if you got both games i think it's 40 oh. for just miles oh okay. at 50 it's 50 for uh 50 for miles i paid 50 for it okay yeah i gotta yeah. use that new pricing scheme yeah yeah um it might be 40 for ps4 i don't know but for ps5 it's definitely 50 um, okay. Yeah. I would say, subject to answer your question, like, I, I mean, I wasn't mad at all. Like, I finished this game, again, in under seven hours, and I was not mad about spending $50 on it. It, it was worth it to me. Um, there were several touching moments uh, within the story. Uh, I just couldn't get over the animation just constantly th- from beginning to end. That was that was <laughs> really the thing for me is that, like, it looked so damn good. That I just could not take my eyes off of it, literally. Um, Did you at keep any the moment. Spider-Verse suit on? <laughs> I didn't. I'm a, I'm uh, I'm an I'm an idiot. I'm a purist, like at heart. So like I I want to play with the suits that the the game thinks I should be playing with. So like at the, over the course, like canonically, you're given three suits over the course of the story, and so I just equipped. I made sure I equipped them every single time. Now post game. There's a particular suit that I I have. In fact, they've, they've is it the 2020 suit? It's not. No, 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 not that one. But that's a great one, though. That's, that's a, a great that's one. a bomb suit. Oh um, my god! Okay. The, the, my post game suit is the one, and this isn't a spoiler because they've advertised it already. But it's the one with the cat in the backpack. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's Spider-Man. a great one. Yes, <laughs> yes. Spider Man and Spider Man. Uh, it's great. So, um, yeah. And I also did a bunch of the challenges as well. Not like the go beat up people like at hideouts, but like the, uh, Peter Parker's gone for the duration of like for 95% of this game. And, uh, while he's gone, he leaves like little challenges for miles to complete, such as like combat traversal and stealth. And so I did all of those because I wanted the the perks for them. Uh, But by the end of the game, like you, you get enough skill points to like pretty much max out your tree um everything mm-hmm. that you need outside of like the new game plus stuff um and so i i felt like i got my money's worth out of this to be honest you know what about you james i would agree with you as far as getting your money's worth out of uh what we got i think that like you said this is spider-man ps4 again not a knock against the game mm-hmm. but it's kind of the same conundrum you get with having a secondary spider-man character like what else can you do 
you're you're going to get web swinging. You're going to get um, flips. You're going to get uh, dodges. You're going to get web balls. All that stuff is there. Yeah. But it's about like, at least in this case, the entire point is what makes Miles different from Spider-Man. That's what right. this entire game's pace, case is. That's what this entire game's story is about. Exactly. That's how the people treat him. Yeah. And I think that they they answered it pretty well. The the bioelectricity powers are fun. Mm-hmm. It adds an interesting little layer to to combat and how you have to deal with certain enemies now. Mm-hmm. Because in order to combat universal too, because like yeah. it, it, they actually made you you be able to use them outside of combat, which I thought was a neat choice. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. the uh, the venom jump is a nice yeah ex- nice way to get some extra air and that sort of thing like that, and it even ties into the puzzles that pop up in the game, which aren't like mind blowingly great puzzles. They're pretty basic, but for what, like as far as getting the, uh, the message across and getting the point across, it's a very serviceable job. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I so, like this game a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm, I'm going back for new game. Plus I'm probably going to stream it. Oh, nice. I'm ready. I need to get that platinum. <laughs> yeah yeah spider-man ps4 was the one game i think i platinumed uh the one because it was so easy and fun like i enjoyed doing it i needed to see that 100 on all the districts for some reason for some inane reason <laughs> yeah it doesn't mean anything but it feels good yeah yeah <laughs> that's how i feel with my assassin's creed games i need to see that 100 percent i don't know how you can do that i didn't do okay so odyssey actually broke me of that because i only did the, like the side stories uh side missions and main story so that one broke me but for origins i 100 percent of that game and got the platinum mm, okay i have a 100 percent in assassin's creed since two i think that was the only one i did oh i did that one too i did two and i was i was working on brotherhood but then i stopped because i took so played long other games Oh, right. Rainy, uh, oh, uh, go ahead, guys. I got something to bring up, too. Oh, okay. oh no, go for it, Ryan. Uh, yeah, there is something about Miles I wanted to bring up, James. I wanted to see what you thought about this as well. Um, there were So something that Miles does, uh, Miles, the, the game, not the character, is, is bring up uh, several things about uh, law enforcement. So um, it, PS4, Spider-Man, the, it has... A, very weird relationship with the police like he you're like peter parker is like helping install surveillance for for the cops like it's really fucking weird and then it's like especially in, in like a 2020 climate it's you know everybody's like a cab um and black lives matter things like that and there's a literal black lives matter mural in harlem um that you you Boilers. run across yeah <laughs> oh i'm sorry i i my apologies guys Sorry, Black Lives Matter, uh, BLM, you know, we, we, we love it, we respect it. Uh, we are black, of course. Uh, but what what kind of bothers me ab- about this, uh, about how the way that Miles treats it, is that the game, I find, like, it never really engages with those things. So there are, sub- like, there's subtext to sub- certain aspects of things. Like, so... For example, in the very beginning of the game, there's like a, a cutscene of um, you get to hear several people in Harlem talk about Roxanne and like how they feel like the the residents are being used by the company because they are not on the upper you know west side, like they're not like of a particular social crust, so they can't um, they're not able to or afforded certain opportunities um, 
and they they feel basically experimented on in some ways. Um, and that that theme plays from beginning to end. But I I feel like the game has tr- did its damnedest to like not bring up race or politics explicitly. I think the Black Lives Matter mural is like as far as it got. Like at some point, I would have liked to maybe like have Miles explore like why the relationship with the police is probably not super great because like it's jarring going from PS4 Spider-Man where like you're helping the cops, the cops don't really find you to be a nuisance. But when you're playing Miles, like there's you're constantly being shouted at and he's like, people are like, we don't need you to go home. Now, obviously they don't know he's black because he's under the mask, but Mm -hmm. like, I would have liked to see more of that explored. It's almost like they didn't want to like get into the whole don't put policies in my video games crowd and like pander to them instead and like kind of do it in subtly in their own way instead of just outright kind of stating certain things. And that's me just really observing like kind of the social commentary. I just didn't know like I wasn't I was un- it made me a little uneasy to see how little they actively engaged in it yet took certain imagery um and subtext and put it in there in the game like that without directly saying like yes people of color are like you know disproportionately oppressed uh by certain societal functions like that's kind of what i was hoping for and maybe we'll they'll get into that uh, later that's me being super optimistic i doubt it would happen but Mm -hmm. um you know, I don't know. That, that was just a comment I wanted to make. And I'm curious if you felt the same, James, on that or anything like that. I don't want to say that I've was like, I don't think that they did not try to engage. I feel like the way that they went about it. And I, I see how you could say that it wasn't like a direct deep dive into the issues that people of color face. But I feel like they were very careful with their wording. Um, cause there are plenty of times when like the, they reference the fact that this is Harlem. This is the place that they don't really care about the people that live there, that they're viewed as expendable and not just by the police, but by Roxxon, which is like the, uh, their antagonist group in the game. And on top of seeing things like the black lives matter movement or the emphasis on, on black culture between like the the music choices or the things you see around the park or the the venues that Miles's father and his uncle used to hang out in that those kind of stories all that kind of stuff or even the parts where like as you come into your own as Spider-Man Harlem starts to call you that's our Spider-Man yeah right right they don't- what yeah and that's the thing that's weird is like yeah they they use that language they say oh you're our spider-man without literally saying hey you're the black spider-man or you're like you know the hispanic spider like they're the mm-hmm. uh, the latino spider-man um but i think without- i think that's the whole point though it's not about the race that he represents it's the it's the subsection of new york that he represents because yes. harlem is not just black exactly. Harlem is not just latino harlem is right. not just white all those people are represented in the characters that you encounter right. and it's not so much that like yeah, it's like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man has a different neighborhood. 
and it's, right. it's more of like a pride, like a, like a Brooklyn pride. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's different. Like by definition, like it is different. You're absolutely right that Harlem isn't just one particular thing. It's a melting pot. I mean, New York just in general is a huge melting pot of culture. Right. Um, but like Harlem has a reputation for being like, uh, you know, it 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 is the home for like a lot of you know black culture just straight out like that's just how it's seen and and uh you know but i get what you're saying though i get what you're saying i just and maybe that's on me because i when if someone wants to engage in those specific topics like in 2020 especially like after how (laughs) rage fueled this year has been on so many fronts i think my patience for certain media or the way that it determines it is like lower and i don't know who all was like in the writer's room for this it could could have very well had black people in there um and this is a very like i don't know this is a black ass game sometimes which i wish i loved like (laughs) yeah like i mean i love that um miles just kind of like carries himself just in such a way that's just not peter parker at all um, but that's great. And that is the point of the game. Like you said earlier, like that's the point is that he has to be himself. Um, there's a, there's a couple Jaden Smith songs in here. Um, there's like, you know, a lot of like hip hop inspired, um, even just the overworld music. Yeah. Just the overworld. It's music. like a hip hop like, remix of like the, the PS4 stuff. Exactly. Like the horns and strings from the PS4 version. Like when, Peter swinging is like now infused with like snares and hi hats and things. And it's like very cool and hip and very millennial. Like it makes P- Peter feel old, honestly. I mean, he's only like what, 24 in this game or something. And it makes him feel like he's 40 and miles is like, you know, fresh and hip. Um, but it's cool. Like, I don't know. I, so I feel kind of torn about this game in um, that aspect of it, but I totally hear your, your perspective on it and it's certainly valid. So, yeah, cool. But uh, in case you were wondering, yes, pick up Spider-Man Miles Morales if you have a PS5. If you manage to get one and don't have Miles, I don't know why you got a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe they exactly. played it for Demon Souls. Ah, yeah, Demon Souls. Why do you think you think that would be the reason somebody would pick up a PS5 for Demon Souls? Uh, you know what? That person would might be considered a very smart person. If they did that, um, that's what I would say. Good, good on them. Good yeah, on them. yeah, yeah. So, so, so you you've played a bit of Demon Souls, haven't you? I've played a bit of Demon Souls. Are we getting into that right now? We are. Yes. Okay. I'm doing a new transition. We're throwing it in there. All right, uh, Demon Souls. Yes, I've been playing a quite a bit of Demon Souls. Actually, I um, played a few hours at this point. Um, this is the remake from Blue Point. Uh, and yeah, it's from the very first original Souls game. So if you've ever, ever wondered where Dark Souls and Sekiro and all that stuff came from, Demon Souls on PS3 was the very first of its kind. Um, it had a cult following. It was not something that was very popular at first. But uh, yeah, it was quite it, small, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very small. It was very small from FromSoft, um, and it was tiny. Like I'd heard of it myself. But I didn't play it until like years later. And I only dabbled in it on PS Now, which not the way to play that game um, <laughs> due to all the <laughs> lag. So uh, I quit. 
I quit playing it. And uh, now I've got this shiny new PS5 version to try. And I did pick this game up, or I picked the PS5 up a lot, like off the back of this game, honestly. It's not the, the sole reason why I got it, but it's a lot. It, it's a lot of the reason. So, um, yeah, this game is fucking gorgeous. Let's just start there. Uh, mm-hmm. just, just like how Miles blew me away, uh, I saved Dark Souls, or Dark Souls, here I go, Demon Souls. I saved Demon Souls um, until the last game I, like, really tried out. And, yeah, it, I couldn't believe it. Uh, this game also has a fidel- uh, fidelity and a performance mode. So the performance gives you 60 frames per second. Fidelity gives you 30 at 4K with a lot of like graphical bells and whistles. I went performance, Souls game, you got to get 60 frames per second. If possible, you need it. Um, from, give me that Bloodborne 60 frames per second patch, baby. Come on, you could do it. Um, <laughs> please, but, I keep dying. <laughs> yeah, uh, please do that. Demon Souls, though, is phenomenal in terms of, a lot of people say it's a masterpiece. I have not played enough of it to, to give it that title yet, uh, but I really like it. I really, really like it a lot. Um, It is exactly what you expect it to be. It is a dark, oppressive, uh, somewhat difficult game. And I say somewhat because I haven't actually reached the part where I've died a lot yet. Like, I've beaten two bosses, uh, both of which I beat on the first try. So, like, I'm really happy right now. I'm sure that's going to come to an end very soon. (laughs) But um, I have died multiple times on the way to the bosses. Uh, But, yeah, it is different. The the thing I want to... I want to bring up with that's different that makes Demon Souls different from Dark and Bloodborne and uh, Sekiro is that Demon Souls is considered like a it has levels. Dark Souls got popular because it it represented like an interconnected world. So when you started in you know one area, you could find a way to loop all around. You could go to maybe four or five different areas in some way somehow. You in, in that fifth area, you would loop back around to the first area. Same thing in Bloodborne. It happens all the time. Um, that's not really how Demon's Souls work. Demon's Souls is comprised of five or six different worlds, as, they, as it were. Um, and in those worlds, there are certain sections. So some fans refer to them as like 1-1, one, 1-2, one, one, kind of like a Mario game. Um, and these sections are often denoted by the fog which usually means a boss fight in most demon in most dark souls games but in demon souls that just really marks that oh hey this is going to be like a different area now that you're entering like of the same world so some people don't like that uh, some people make some people think that it makes the game feel um, a little bit more disconnected and i understand that but me doesn't really bother me too much. The shortcuts that they do give you from the original bonfire. So like every time you actually spawn at a bonfire, of course, you spawn all of the enemies in the world. As you progress further into a level, you find shortcuts that will bring you back to the bonfire or at least close-ish to it. But sometimes you do have longer runs to next checkpoints or boss fights, things like that. But that's just the game telling you, you got to get better. You have to memorize. Death is used as a teaching tool it's very very rarely the game's fault that you died it's often something that you've done as the player like every single time i've died i can immediately pinpoint what i did wrong and why i got killed um it's not that the game is cheap even though i might say that sometimes it's not the game the game's not being cheap i just suck (laughs) or i'm not good enough i'm not utilizing something 
that the game wants me to. Um, the Souls games have been very good at doing that. It, they always have been. Um, and that's something I've always kind of, it's something that we've talked about with Hades a lot. We're like, I died a lot in, in Hades because I didn't really understand the patterns yet. I didn't understand like the boons, the combination of boons that you can make to succeed in a particular level. Same concept here in, in any Souls game, particularly Demons, is that um, you, you really have to embrace death as a, as a learning tool. And you have to be patient. The only thing a lot of people ask me a lot of times, like, Rob, you talk about souls a lot. I'm trying to get into it. What best, what's the best advice you can give me? Just give the game your patience. Just get the game your patience and you'll be more successful than, than, than you think you will. Um, but yeah, this, I don't even know what more to say. I mean, this is very much like the same game from PS3. So take that as it as it as you were. If you've played this multiple times, you're hoping for something different. I'm sorry, there's there's not much here for you that's going to be new. This the the things that are new are going to be the graphics, really. Um, how beautiful everything looks. Uh, there have been some changes, some artistic liberties taken with like some of the the designs, but for the most part, everything is pretty much as it was on PS3, uh, just better. Um, and it feels fantastic. Bluepoint did a good job of like keeping the the AI or a lot of the code the same from the PS3 game. So that is actually unique. Yeah. Um, so what about any uh, quality of life changes? Do any of those exist or are they all kind of the same as it was back then? It's it's pretty much the same as it, as it was back then. I would say the only the, – the most – the quality of life change, I would say, is the 60 frames per second because um, you weren't getting that on the PS3. And that truly does change everything because you need you need precision to execute certain things like the parries um, and maybe even to dodge or things like that. Like the Souls games are so precise. That's a great question. The Souls games are so precise that you, you really need all the frames you can get in order to succeed the way that you need to. Um, but as far as gameplay goes, yeah, there, there isn't really much quality of life uh, that's been changed. Again, a lot of people consider this to be a masterpiece. Um, I can't say the same right now. I'm, I'm too early. This is a Souls game, by the way, I've had the least experience with. Um, so I have played up to a particular point in the original, and then I haven't, I have not gotten past it. So that's when I, I had to quit playing because of the PS Now stuff. So yeah, um, everything I've seen up to this point has been extremely faithful, um, just recreated graphically. But yeah, no no explicit quality of life changes up to this point. I think there's been an, a player or two added to the multiplayer count, so I think you can have six people in a game now, but that's it. Whereas I think before it may have been four, uh-huh. um, but I could be wrong about that. But I, I do think they've uh, they've increased it at least one or two, I think. But So yeah. is Blue Point like probably the best remake studio out there so far with like yeah. last guardian stuff like that yeah they did um shadow of the colossus oh yeah um, that one. yeah, yeah and they did that. they did something else i believe um they did something else that they got accolades for i can't i can't remember what it is right now um but they did um Oh, it's saying here Uncharted. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Uncharted. Wait, the, Nathan Drake, uh, the Uncharted uh, collection. The Nathan. Drake oh, collection. really? That was pretty good. Yeah, that's that's what they it's all telling look me. better. Yeah. So I yeah. So subject, your your 
your comment honestly is pretty true. They've done the Gravity Rush remaster as well, which was also very good. So I, I think that they're a pretty good studio. They made. PlayStation should just buy them because they've been only doing PlayStation games so far. There is a an un, unsubstantiated rumor that Sony may be purchasing them soon. So well, I can see why because they've done a pretty fantastic job at what they do. Yeah, I would yeah, love to really... see them try to do like the MGS series. So maybe I could try to play them. They did Metal Gear. Yeah, they did. They did. They did the HD collection. Oh, I'm talking about like a full on like. Oh, remaster, you mean like a re- remaster. Oh, yeah, like a full-on remake. Okay. Yeah, yeah or yeah, I, remake. I, Just like uh, Demon Souls and. Uh, well, maybe if this sells well, they might get that opportunity. Oh yeah. Usually, yeah. how this goes, you know, you cut your teeth on these smaller projects, get something exactly. hot, and then oh, we'll put you on a, on a nice big game. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what I'm kind of hoping for them because they they really do do a fantastic job, honestly. Um, and I've I've enjoyed my time with Demon Souls thus far. Um, there's just something to be said about like a super oppressive game. Like it feels very intense. Like I haven't played a game that f- that's felt this intense in a minute. Like there's very little music when you're actually wandering from area to area. Now there's a lot of music when you're in the boss fight, um, in the hub world, but, but nothing really when you're wandering. And so you, you're in these, this desolate gray land and you're, you're the only thing that's alive. And there's like, the animations are so like brutal. (laughs) Like when like the backstab animations, it's, it really makes you feel like you're, you, you know what I'm talking about? I managed to play like maybe 15 minutes today after okay. I finished my up a little bit. I got to that, um, the annex demon or something like that. Oh yes. Yeah. Nexus demon, Nexus demon, maybe that's what it was. I died there. I yeah. I think but that- yeah, you're right. It's such like a, um, a stark contrast of like traversing this New York with the, the beats pushing you <laughs> forward as a, or like, and now you're in these dark, empty caverns and hallways. Just yes. Like your footsteps, the the groans of the incoming enemies, and that's about it. Yes, yes, exactly. It's that it's that atmosphere that I think have drawn people to Demon Souls specifically, because the other games kind of have that. I think the other games have that, but but this one was definitely like okay the game is oppressing you so much because it like it wants you to survive but like it feels like a constant battle to do that and so like the and and blue point did a good job of like redoing the animations here so like the backstab is like the camera shakes a little bit you like impale someone on your sword and like slam them on the ground it's just like it's like damn you're like every battle is a struggle um it's just it's cool though it's like it's a it's it makes me want to survive and it's it's a very unique feeling i don't get in most other games uh so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to to digging into that more i didn't know you had picked it up yet james so that's that's really fun i'm i'm looking forward to hearing like more of your thoughts on that yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it another shot. Me and the Soul series have a very on and off again relationship. But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I will say that Demon Souls does look really like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It It's fun. It took me a while, James, honestly. Like when I first started, I started with Dark Souls and I didn't like it at first. I, I rented it from Blockbuster 
And uh, after a few days, I was just, I was just like, this is not for me. I just didn't have the patience for it. That was the key. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the patience. And I was like, I need to beat this in a week or whatever. And I couldn't do it. And I was super frustrated. And it wasn't until like years later where I finally like, I think I may have bought it on PC or maybe I played it again on 360, something. I, I tried it again and I just took my time with it and just, I don't know what it was, but something in my, my head just clicked and it all made sense at that point. Um, That's what I need. I need that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. got it with the Bloodborne. Game- Mm, that's true. Subject hated it. Well, I don't know if you hate it's it. It's scary. <laughs> but it's but not you, though. Yeah. It's you, scary. You 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 were not you were not feeling You're not gonna like Demon Souls. <laughs> yeah, Demon Souls is not like a lot better in that as in that aspect. Um but you were not liking it. I heard it's the game. easiest one though. But why is it scary? I mean, it's not too bad. It's... I think if you can if you can handle Bloodborne, you can handle demons, I promise. Oh. Maybe whenever I do get a PS5, we can co-op. I'm always down. All you got to do is say a word, and I am down to do that. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> okay, James, I know you had a couple more games on your list. I'm going to yeah. throw it back over to you and ask what more you've been playing. Okay. Um. So, Astro's Playroom, or mm. as I like to call it, the DualSense demo game. Yes. <laughs> Um, but it's actually quite good. It's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> this, yeah, this game's really good, James. This game's very good. <laughs> yeah. If you if you picked up a PS5, this is the dual sense selling itself to you. Um this is one of those launch titles that really incorporates everything that the system is capable of, at least this way from an interactive front. So you play as Astro, who is the platforming mascot I didn't realize Sony had, but they have been putting a lot of work in <laughs> yeah. with. Yeah. Um, Good thing it was a free game. That came yeah. Much- I, I feel like even if it wasn't, it would have been worth the purchase. Yep. So this game functions as a get to know your PS5 slash love letter to PlayStation in general. Uh, so you go around these little hub worlds that are based on the internal guts of the PlayStation 5, which is a really cool idea. And in each of these worlds, you collect coins, complete platforming challenges, and collect artifacts, which are just bits and pieces of PlayStation history. So you can collect like a dual shot or a memory card or even the the like the it's an LCD display that you just be able to put onto the back of your PS1. I have yeah. one of those. I forgot oh, wow. they forgot all about those things. That's crazy. Huh. So to see stuff like that represented in the game was really cool. And you get like um other little astrobots acting out scenes from yes. PlayStation franchises. So cool. So <laughs> yeah. cool. I like every two seconds, I was like turning around and finding one. I was like, "Oh, that's Uncharted. That's Last of Us. That's Bloodborne in, in this cute Astrobot world." What? Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. little random games you wouldn't expect. Like there was flower referenced in there. Oh, I um, missed that. Yeah, um, Gravity Rush was in there. Yeah, of course, God a, of War. There was a Journey one. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, but 
coming from a gameplay perspective, um, the reason that the platforming matters is that gives the DualShock its chance to really shine. Um, its biggest features in the du- dual sense, I'm sorry, are the adaptable triggers, the haptic feedback, and base and the uh, the speaker that live within the controller, and all of those things work together to increase your i know everybody uses this word a lot but your immersion in the game that you're playing so say that you're walking on a metal surface you'll hear the little tinks of your footsteps in the speakers you'll have a little bit of feedback from the haptics in the controller and it really conveys this feeling that you're walking on a different surface as opposed to say walking on sand on the beach where things feel a little bit more muted or a bit more heavy and it allows you to really come to grips with things like the adaptive triggers. So, like when you first start the game up, it'll it'll put the dual shock dual sense in front of you. It'll tell you to pull the triggers, and you'll feel this tension. And as you finally like snap through it, and it launches off a uh, a rocket thruster, you you get that feeling that like you engage that rocket. That's that yeah. rocket is fighting against you in your hand. Yeah. And stuff like that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the controller is constantly doing cool stuff like that. And I would love to sit and talk about all the things. I really do want to leave some of that stuff like to the for the, the players to decide or to, to kind of find out because some of that stuff is just so damn cool. But I do want to mention one. I want to call out one, um, which is uh, one of my favorite implementations uh, was the the level, which I think is like the melody of something where you're like in the clouds and it begins to rain and mm-hmm. you feel every single raindrop on the controller and you hear it through the controller's speaker. So it's like, it's double sense that you're being a dual sense as it were, uh, that you're being kind of like assaulted <sighs> with. It. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's just so fucking cool. Like that they were able to actually think about that implemented and make it so like, you're not just seeing it on the screen, you're feeling it, you're hearing it um, close to you too, because it's not just through the speakers, it's through like, not the TV speakers, but through the controller. And how they were able to do that, I, I don't know. But I do, just the whole time I was playing this game, I'm like, I can't wait to play a PlayStation 5 exclusive game, where I know, a first party game, where they are going to implement these things on here. Like, absolutely. Which they, you got that a bit on Spider-Man, but I want to, I want to know like a game that's going to be built from the ground up for the PlayStation 5. You know, people are going to use it there. Like, that's what I cannot wait to see it, honestly. That, that feature itself honestly makes me want to try out COD because I've heard that each gun sound is different inside that, inside their controller. Each trigger pull feels different inside the controller. I don't know if they've done this. Uh, this could be placebo effect, but it feels like they may have added haptic feedback to um, to Warzone. So I don't have Cold Cold War. I don't have that, but I do still play Warzone uh, with friends. And so I, with the update, I downloaded the high resolution pack. So the game did recognize. Obviously, I was playing on a PlayStation Five at that point. So. I want to say I didn't hear any sounds, but the haptic feedback felt like it was being it was triggered. Not necessarily like the adaptive trigger stuff, but like the the rumble that I was getting 
um, right. was felt specific to that particular game. And it felt very like when I was driving on grass, that felt different than when I was like shooting a machine gun or a marksman rifle or something like that. Yeah. It's insane to think how far we've come. Yeah. No, this, just this rumble is, in general. Yeah. This is something that we'll probably talk about later too, but I am very impressed. Like I, I, I did not think much about Astrobot. Like, Really, I heard the VR game is pretty good. I haven't played it myself, but I've heard it's good. Um, and we we obviously heard a lot of good rumblings about what the playground thing was going to be. But I wasn't. I don't think I was ready for for this. Like I don't think I was ready for how good this was going to be. If I had to say surprise of the year, I might say it would be this. Um, no, it's Hades. Hades is super giant though. I knew it was going to be good. Like I knew I didn't it, know that it was going to be that good. <laughs> Two. I did not know it was going to be that good, but I knew. I mean, I have faith in them. I knew they're like they haven't missed yet, so I was like, okay. But I feel I feel what you're saying though. I got mm-hmm. you. Um, but yeah, this is this shocked me like how much fun I had, and I and I played it willingly. Like it wasn't something I was like, eh, I got it for free. Right. Might as well go through it. No, I was like actively like, yo, let me play some Playroom. I want to play Playroom right now. So yeah, very cool. This game's awesome. Just awesome. I cannot undersell it like at all. It's awesome. You can't sell it at all. It comes with the system. True. Very true. And you know what else? You know what else comes with the system technically, kind of, for like at least another month or two? At least another month or two. Yeah. Is it, yeah. A, is it a bag of bug snacks? It might be. <laughs> James, <laughs> tell us about bug snacks. Um, is it a horror game or is it a children's game? Tell me. It's a little bit of both. It is a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> um it, it's pokemon but mildly more terrifying pokemon if if that makes huh. sense it, uh, it, it's, well, it's i don't this know weird, how i feel about that it's this weird mashup of like pokemon snap and a first person adventure game and i won't say like a walk-in simulator but like it's just this offbeat weird kind of dark irreverent humor wrapped up into so this happy yeah <laughs> wrapped up in like this muppet facade it makes no sense i don't know how this game got made <laughs> well it was made by the people of octodad where your dad was an octopus but you oh, have see, human kids that, and human wife that makes a lot more sense okay i understand now if it came from the octodad people yes it did so, like, you play a journalist? Yeah, you play a journalist who gets invited to Bugsnax Island by this explorer, and things don't go well. You get there, and the explorer who invited you is missing. Uh, the town that she started is in, in disarray. Uh, the the mayor is, like, on the brink of death when you find him. <laughs> like, <What? it's>, Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's wild. And and so to save him, you have to capture a bug snack. And so so you you uh, get a bunger? You get, you, no, it's it's a a a strawby, a strabby, a strawberry oh. crab. Something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. And so he gives you kind of this scanner camera type thing where it gives you a, a readout of what the bug snack is, its likes, its dislikes, and a little um little blurb about it. And you use that information to figure out how best to capture said bug snack. Um, and then they just consume it. They just 
eat it. Yeah. As you eat this bug snack, oh, you cannot cook them. They have to be eaten raw, otherwise they turn so mushy. Fun. What the fuck? That, that that is part of the lore. You can't cook a bug snack, otherwise it turns into mush. So you have to eat it alive. You have to eat you it have while to it's eat still it alive. sentient. <laughs> you capture it in this like this Donkey Kong barrel, and then you just f- feed yourself or one of the uh, villagers with it. Is this and sounds like cloudy with like, a you- chance of meatballs? Ate some shrooms, maybe. So and had a really bad trip. So is is this game self aware? Like, are there are the residents who are consuming the bug snacks? Are they ever like, dude, we are eating living things? Oh, that's part of the whole story of like, what are bug snacks? Why are <laughs> like so cool with this? Like, your boss is like, <laughs> your boss does not believe that bug snacks exist. Your boss is like, this lady's nuts. I don't know why you're trying to even take this trip. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, it's I'm laughing. Wild. I'm laughing, but I, I really do want to play this game. You should. I I don't even know how to really explain it anymore. It's because, just an experience. Yeah, it, it, it's free experience at this point. If you have PlayStation Plus, just so, down, so, add it to your library and just save it for later. So another question I have is is so a lot of the hype, just the the in real world hype behind this game has been you know oh bugs and game of the year like oh it's gonna be super fucked up which I mean it does sound fucked up but. But it like, is it actually, is it really a kid's game that like maybe has these elements in it? Like there's nothing dark lurking beneath, is there, right? Like, or is it just people memeing the game, basically? I, I think it's people memeing the game. I'm okay. sure that there might be some dark undertones I haven't come across yet. Okay. It, this is kind of, this kind of gives me that like that, uh, I say Ren and Stimpy. And that's, it makes it okay. sound a lot worse than it is. But that same kind of like, there's adult humor in here. Gotcha. It's masked very well for kids. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have no no issues at all if it's like genuinely a kid's game. And if it's if it's playing it super straight, then that's cool. I'm completely I, fine with that. That's the hard part. I can't say that it's a kid's game. I'm, pre- like, I'm sure it's rated E. Let me see Bugsnacks. It's probably E10 or something. It's got to be at least E10. They're eating. Right. They're, they're eating beings. That's right. Like, be. <laughs> okay. But it's just so odd. Um, yeah. The whole thing about when you eat a bug snack, you turn into the fruit or like part of you turns into the fruit that you ate. <laughs> so like you eat a carrot and you get a carrot for a leg or you eat a pineapple <laughs> and you get like the pineapple leaves for hair. Oh, my God. It's just odd. <laughs> this is amazing. Odd the game. I don't even yeah. know. I, I want to. I want to go back and finish. I want to like dive in a bit more and see yeah. what really there is to uncover. Okay. But it's like this whole <laughs> ecosystem that that feeds on each other. There are bug snacks that eat other bug snacks. That's the thing. Hmm. Huh. Okay. So, so it's Pokemon food meets Muppets meets uh, a, a Rick and Morty episode. Meatballs. Yeah. Freaking well, weird. <laughs> yeah, this game seems really weird, but like also in a good way. So um, it's like wacky in a way that I that interests me. It, it definitely does feel like the people from Octodad, which I can mm-hmm. I can get down with. Absolutely. Okay. Which well, I'm, I'm glad it's hearing... free for a month so people can try it, have that yeah. Fall Guys effect. Yeah, if you have PS Plus, just download it. You'll yeah. have it for later. Only for PS5. It's not a PS4. But you can download it to your account. You should be okay, regardless. It doesn't like show up on PS4 Plus. 
Hmm. Like, not Try at it. all. Like, I've checked, and it only shows the two games of, like... Not uh, even on the app? Oh, on the app? Uh, I don't know. Let me check. Yeah, you can check worth that. Worth a shot. It, it, yeah, it's worth a shot. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not P- for PS4, just because they they may want to, like, incentivize people who are buying the mm. PS5s, um, whereas the install base for you know PS4 is $100 million, probably over that. Um, but, yeah, okay. Well, thank you, James, for, for those games. I guess it's my turn to uh, finish this, this segment off with what I've been playing for the week. Kind of got into a little bit of it with Demon's Souls already. So uh, something else that I've been playing, like you, James, I've been playing mostly on my PlayStation this week um, because they're... <laughs> oh, I just did. I downloaded it. Oh, sweet. You go. So you can get it on go. the app. Download the PlayStation app books. and you can get bug snacks. Yeah. Hey. Thank James, everyone. Thank James. Um, all right. So, yes, I'm playing my PlayStation uh, 5 mostly this week because there has just been more to play. I wanted to get through Miles. I wanted to try out Demons. Uh, whereas with my Xbox, I'm, just, I'm on Game Pass right now, so I have like a bunch of stuff to play, uh, but I'm not in no rush to, to do any of that. But... There is one game that I have been really curious um, to, to dig into. I skipped on, mostly on the Xbox One generation. There were some games I played on there, but, um, but there are a lot that I missed. And I did not play any of the Gears games that came out on Xbox One. So no, no Gears 4, no 5. I played the original trilogy. Uh, but I have been really interested in getting back to it because I've heard Gears 5 is phenomenal. Uh, so I want to play Gears 4 first to kind of you know make sure i'm caught up on everything that's going on um and so james you've been playing this with me a little bit we haven't played lately but but we played this a bit last week Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah gears four uh so far so and and i had to i looked up like reactions to this game too because i wanted to see if like people were on the same page um it turns out that that they were um this this game is this game is all right. it's, it's it's okay it's all right um it's not it, there are things that I really like about it and there are some things that I find not not bad but like not great either um so this is gears like in terms of encounters if you ever played a gears game like this is that like there's the encounter so far we've we've played maybe a few hours at this point we're in act two middle of act two um and uh. So far, it's very standard popping, popping, you know, what is it? Pop and shoot, pop and cover, whatever they used to call it. Stop and pop. I don't know. It Stop was like, and pop. Yeah, there we go. Stop and pop. Um, it's very much like that style of, um, of, of game. And nothing wrong with that, of course. But um, it's, you know, relatively open areas with cover, debris, and you just, <laughs> you shoot bad guys in this in this instance it's robots um at least so far but i'm sure that will change but uh but yeah I, I, that part is kind of average um they do incorporate some tower defense mechanisms like uh, in there a bit which make it somewhat interesting for sure but it's very much that style of gameplay where i think this game is, is shining a little bit more is like the diversity and the like inclusion of certain characters. So like the squad that you run with is like, uh, you've got uh, a woman named Kate. She seems actually like pretty cool. Dell is a black guy who's not stereotyped to hell. Like Cole was, 
uh, Coltrane. Coltrane, baby. Like, Coltrane, baby. Yeah. Dude, oh my god. <laughs> like I, like I kind of hate that character, but I also kind of like like that character in some ways. You like, can't I can't hate I, the Coltrane, Roddy. I, I, I hate that I like him sometimes, but he was so stereotypical. I hate seeing characters like that. It's like it, he was like a a version of a black character that I know a bunch of white people wrote. I know a bunch of white people wrote that in the, in the writer's room. I got to. There's no way a black person wrote Coltrane. I just don't believe it. I just don't. No. I'll, I'll look it up, but I do not believe it. He uh, just reminded me of like a hyped up Ray Lewis. Like, you know, when he does the, when he used to do the intros and he come through yeah. and he's just like, yeah, that's the way I looked at it. I get what you're saying. He definitely yeah. like reaches into Barrett territory. Yeah. Oh my god. I see how you can say that. (laughs) Yeah. Like I just I just hate it. But Dell is like not like that at all. Like he's just a normal dude. He's just a he's just a dude, which I appreciate. He's not like busting through walls screaming Dell train, baby. Like he's not doing that. He's just like (laughs) maybe he should. No, no, he should not do that. Uh, um, I've never so, played any of the Gears games, by the way. Yeah, no. Okay, um, I, I get what you're saying, but do you have any memories of Dell doing anything else in the campaign? So far, no. And that's kind of like that, that's that's the thing, though, James. Is that like that's my one of my negatives is that right now there's not anything that seems like super memorable. Like I'm playing it with you right now, and that's fun because I'm playing with a friend, and playing with friends is always going to be more fun than playing alone. Um, you know, I, maybe I would have a less positive outlook on it if I would, were just, you know, if I was just soloing this, this game. But, but you know, but I also don't mean to imply that it's bad because I don't think it's bad. I just think that if I had played the first three and then went to four, I would have been like, this is super stale right now. Like, there's just, it doesn't seem like it's bringing anything new. Now, that's not necessarily what I've heard for Gears 5, and that's kind of why I'm, I'm interested in pushing forward with Gears 4, because I want to kind of get through this and then get to the, the good shit, basically. So, hey, um, yeah. So it, you, first. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot in terms of um, character or particular narrative that's interesting. But again, I do appreciate the, the, the inclusion that they've that they have here. The writing in general, I will say, even if the the story isn't anything special, the character dialogue is actually like much better than the original three. I think there's actual levity. Like Marcus is funny in this. Funny. Like he's yeah, he's kind of funny and not in like a cheesy way, not in like a stupid, oh, you clearly wrote him to like be funny. It's, it's, he's just, he just has more heart, it seems like. I mean, he's like mean as shit to his son, but like he's, right. but he's, he, he has, has things he cares about. Exactly. Thank you. He has things that like he cares tomatoes. about. Like his tomatoes. His tomatoes, right. Like his tomatoes, the car that he just tuned up. Like things like that are like, endearing it makes me connect with somebody like way more when it's like oh okay like you're not just like some big ass dude machismo like the first three gears i like those games a lot in fact i think that the the original trilogy is fantastic like i i Mm -hmm. really love those games but the the writing is so it's just so dude bro like it's just so so randy pitchford it's just it, it. I wouldn't even say that because it doesn't even have the humor to be that. Like oh. Randy Pitchford has like like his games have like that 
particular humor that's very ugh. like I wanted to mute claptrap, but but like the writing in the original Gears games, it's like it's just like let's go fucking chainsaw some locust, bro. Yeah, let's go uh, fucking tat each other up, man. Like I don't know, like it's just like. <laughs> It's just fucking. I don't know. It's just very. That just sounds like early Randy Pishford with Duke Nukem or whoever made Duke Nukem. Maybe. Eh, Okay, I was thinking more like Borderlands, Battleborn, but like, yeah, okay, because like those games are more comedic in nature, and Gears like Mm. isn't. You know. Oh, go ahead. And let's for reference, this was two thousand six, two thousand eight. That is. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's a great point. Honestly, is that like you know I am judging those games like. I play. I go back and I play those now, and I'm like, "Ooh, shit!" But like back then, you know, I was also what six, fifteen, sixteen, something like that. I was young um, playing those games, so yeah, it, those hit different, as the kids might say. Like those, don't, those definitely don't, don't say it like that, <laughs> man. We're getting we're getting to that age, man. <laughs> you you you're are under thirty, right you're here. Like you're fifty, <laughs> right? <laughs> got dang kids and they hip lingo. Dude, bros. <laughs> all right, all right. Look, but all I have to say though is that, like, the, I do appreciate the the writing in four. So even if I'm not super impressed with like all the moment to moment, like the the narrative or whatever, I do appreciate the interactions that the characters are having among themselves right now. And and I would say that and and just the co op experience in general is like pushing me along. So I'm not having a bad time with the game right now. Um, but it, could it be better? Yeah, it could definitely be better in a lot of ways. The encounters could be more interesting, more varied. Um, yeah, but you know, I think we're, that's part yeah. of what I was running into when I ran into initially too. Because mm, I remember okay. I did try to go through this before we had decided to co-op, and I think I got to about the same spot that we're at now, and I kind of okay. just dropped it. Mm. And, and you're right; it, it's something about maybe it's just the intro and setting everything up. But something about just doing like the waves of robots and the same little ball that rolls towards you and you kick it away every time. Yeah. It it wears out really quickly. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm kind of curious to see where this game goes. Maybe it'll add what once it adds into the uh the swarm. Yeah. Which is our new threat. Maybe it'll get a bit better. Yeah, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, I'm I'm not ready to write it off yet, which I wasn't sure if I was going to. Like, I hadn't looked up what people thought about Gears 4. I had kind of stayed away from the Gears franchise, like, for a while. And um, after the original trilogy, I was like, I'm good. Like, these games are awesome, but I'm good. Um, but now coming back to it, I was kind of, like, hankering for something like that. I was like, let's try out this, uh, this Gears 4 here. But now I'm, like, really, especially after seeing how people reacted to 5, like, people are saying, like, this is... If it insanely great so now i'm like okay i need to we need to do this so i can get to five for sure um so i'm 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 interested though i'm interested in seeing where this goes so that should be a fun journey uh, to behold so after that uh shifting back over to playstation last game that i want to talk about real quick and i wasn't sure if i wanted to even talk about this this week because i'm so early on and i don't want to talk about this for like four weeks in a row and bore everyone to tears uh but this is what we do Roddy. <laughs> it's true uh but i've been playing yakuza like a dragon um finally i finally started this game like almost a week after i got it but i've put just under 10 hours into it already i think so i'm in like chapter four i think there's like 15 chapters or something and um this is obviously you guys know the history behind yakuza like i recently started 
all the games like a couple years ago and I am caught up now and uh, I've been waiting for this game since the beginning of the year and it's here. It's finally here. And uh, I've been very excited to, to try it out because after seven games, they have finally changed it. They've finally changed like the formula, which is not something most franchises do. They don't often switch up entire genres. Um, this is an RPG now. Like this is an RPG ass game. When I say that, like there's no like action gameplay, like in terms of like you running up to dudes and punching them in the face until they fall down. Like it is not that anymore. Um, this is a turn-based persona. I'm talking Chrono Trigger. I'm talking um, uh, Dragon Quest, like that style of game. Um, Funny you mentioned that because I think the game director, from what I heard from another Yakuza big fan streamer he said that the director is a huge huge fan of dragon quest and persona i think he did some persona stuff yeah yeah that would make that would make sense uh this game is very persona in the sense that there are social links with your party so uh you have to you don't have to but you can like do activities and talk to your your party people um they are actually like with you pretty much as far as i've been playing up to this point they're with me the entire time that's also different for yakuza a lot of times kiryu is alone not all the time but frequently he's he's by himself doing things um or you can't see the people like that are with you sometimes um so that breaks immersion, but this time everyone is with you. And when you walk by certain areas, like if there's a shop or a restaurant or a landmark or something, sometimes your party members will have things to say, uh, and you can just get to know them more uh, through that. And, and that's very valuable because the writing in this game is pretty good, uh, like in terms of the, the character interactions specifically. Like I am really, really liking them. Um, and I want to circle back around to the Dragon Quest thing in a moment because that is actually really important um so just high level real quick this is an rpg so everything that you do you have hp mp magic uh fire resistance ice resistance like you have all of these things um like this is not like i i didn't know what to expect really like when they announced this i was like well how are you going to make yakuza into an rpg it doesn't make sense in my brain but i'll trust you i guess uh, I don't know if you're going to pull this off. We'll see. Uh, but so far, I think they've done it. I think they've pulled this off. Like I was a little skeptical at first, like what this could could be. Uh, I was excited at the prospect of something new for sure. Because after playing seven games of this kind of the same t- sort of game, like that's a lot. Um, so that I was Assassin's excited. Creed feel. Um, kind of, yeah, kind of. Like, I, I that's why, as much as I like this franchise or love this franchise, I would say don't play them back to back to back because you will probably get burnt out. Um, like I played, I think the most I've done was maybe three back to back, and I didn't get burnt really, but like I was feeling, I felt like mild fatigue for sure. I was like, I need to like take a break, play something else for a while, and now I'll come back. Um, still love the franchise, but it, that part is true to me. Um, but yeah, this is, this is totally an RPG, um, with elements that you have not seen before. And the combat system is again, turn-based. It, it is very positional though. So you don't control the character in battle, but your character is constantly moving on the screen. And if your character, so for example, if your character wants to hit an enemy that is behind another enemy 
you you don't want to target the one in the back line because if you do, you'll actually get counter hit by the person in the front line. So you have to either wait for an opening for your character to kind of move in a certain position to attack the one in the back line cleanly, or you should just go for the one in the front. Um, but also if you go for the one in the front, you may be leaving that particular character open to attack. So you have to kind of be careful about who you're attacking with really in that regard. So there's a lot of, there's a lot more strategy so far. Uh, and I have not unlocked everything right now, but there's a lot more strategy than I was expecting. Uh, you even have a job system. That's something that's similar to a dragon quest or to a final fantasy, some, uh, certain final fantasies, uh, that have job systems. So like you could be like a break dancer and like do AOE attacks, um, you can be, I think like one of the characters can be like an idol or something like that. And, um, like her attacks can do what, like, I don't know, healing or something like that. It's a lot of varied, uh, uh, things. For example, uh, everything is also kind of grounded in the real world, even though it is this RPG. So for example, one of the, one of your party members who has been homeless up to this point in the game has like, after, this is kind of a shitty thing too, but, but he has like really bad breath. So like he can like not fake, he can knock somebody out like basically from his breath. And that's kind of like one of the negatives of this game. I would say is that like the narrative is actually pretty socially conscious for a Yakuza game. Like they're making very sweeping statements about like homelessness and, um, and prostitution and things like that. Like a lot of social justice kind of issues and they have good views on them. When you're mm-hmm. in the story, um, like the, for example, there's a scene where Ichiban, the the main character, is saying like, "Hey guys, why don't you guys just go out and get jobs? Like, let's go do it. All you have to do is work really hard, and you'll get a job." And the homeless people are like, "What the fuck? Sit down. You have no idea what you're talking about. Like, we're here because of circumstance. Like, life is not. It's not that easy for us to go do that. Like, there right. are there are so, certain social structures in place that prevent us from." from having it be that easy like you're not Sounds really like the white easy. girl of like if you're homeless just buy a house i mean honestly kind of <laughs> like um like it is it's it, the 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 reason that they give for it is is kind of skewing in that direction for sure um but see they say that in the narrative but then they do things like what i just mentioned with like you know the homeless dude has bad breath and he like sleeps like on the spot and it gives him hell so it's like kind of like okay so you're making good statements about some of these things, but you're also kind of like dunking on them at the same time. It's like, what are we really doing here? So that kind of stuff is kind of sucks. Um, and is just dissonant from everything else in, in the game. Um, and I feel really weird about it, but it hasn't really killed my enjoyment, but it is something I wanted to call out real quick. Um, because I, I thought it was just, it was just interesting. Um, but that being said, the everything else i'm really liking so far i was worried that the main character of ichiban would not be like kiryu cool and he's not but he's still fucking awesome like he's so <laughs> he's so cool like kiryu is like this super like handsome like stoic like he constantly people are always always talking about his looks like people are always like you know oh man kiryu is like so hot and like he's just like yeah so- they did do that a lot yeah, which, I mean, it's fine. It, it's totally fine. Like, you know, hey, it, totally cool. The dude, if he's got it going on, hey, look, cool. Good for him, right? But yeah. 
Ichiban, not like that at all. He is not a Kiryu. He's not like a good looking, like, well, not traditionally. I would say Kiryu is much more traditionally, or I would say conventionally good looking than like mm-hmm. Ichiban is. Ichiban is like <laughs> his, look job, at his hair. Man. All you got to do is like, it might be, but all you got to do is look at the hair. Like his, his hair is just wild. He gets a terrible haircut, which is an absolutely hysterical scene of him reacting to it. But, um, but it's just he's not cool like here he was like stone cold cool and ichiban is not that he's like goku in a lot of ways um, oh gosh yeah like super goku no 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 no, not super goku not super okay goku. more okay. like Z goku for sure um but like like ichiban is an idiot but he's he's like a lovable idiot but he's also really like empathetic and he's a likable because it's it's very hard. I think it's harder to write a character like Ichiban than it is to write Kiryu. Um, Kiryu is very much the straight man in the Yakuza games, and Ichiban is is um, he's much more animated in terms of like everything he's reacting to. So you know he he's just much more expressive. Like and and I appreciate that. He's a, it's a different sort of protagonist. I wasn't sure what direction they would go. Like. I don't think I would want another Kiryu. Like I had seven games of Kiryu. Like I miss him. Like I, I miss that character, but like, I think he's good now. Like he's, he had a great send off in six. Like I, I'd be okay if like, I never played as him again, as sad as that makes me like, I'm cool with it. Do something else, you know? Um, and they've done that. They've, they've successfully made a character that I really care about. I really enjoy seeing. And honestly, the first like two chapters guy kind of breaks my heart. Like he goes through some shit where it's like, man, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, if you have seen any of the Yakuza 7 trailers or uh, Like a Dragon, I guess it's called Stateside, um, you kind of know the premise for this. But there is more going on there that they did not reveal in the trailer that I was not expecting and I appreciated for sure. So, yeah, very cool. Very cool stuff. Um, this game's very wordy. Too. It's very, very wordy. If you don't like cutscenes, maybe not a game you want to play. Uh, there's a lot of cutscenes. I would say most of my time right now has been spent watching people talk. Um, it's par for but, course for a, a Yakuza game, though, isn't it? Um, it is. There, Yakuza has a few chapters in every in most of the games where it's like most. It could be like a 15, 20 minute cutscene. This game, I can, I, it's laid it on very thick, though, like thicker than I have noticed before, and I'm not sure if it's because it's like the RPG element of it has just ensured that, like, you know, they're trying to make sure you're getting all of that, you know, in there. But, but yeah, I mean, I would say for the most part, it's good. There have been a few moments where I've been like, okay, let's let's move on. Like they'll do that thing in where i think i've seen it a lot in japanese media where where they'll say something like you know oh have you ever heard of the such and such gang no the such and such gang please tell me about the such and such gang what you don't know about the such and such gang let me tell oh, you that, like, that, yeah. yeah you know what i'm talking about yes i know what you yeah. mean you see it in a lot of anime um so it's they do that a few times and it's just like okay let's let's move it along here. Uh, but for the most part, I don't think that's been most of it. It's definitely there though. Um, so just be wary. If you don't like cutscenes, you may want to con- reconsider this game. Um, but if you do like a good story, if you love your characters interacting, um, this is 
right now this is really good. You know, I haven't played enough of it to say, you know, oh, this is, you know, fantastic or game of the year. Like I haven't played enough of it for any of that yet. But um, so far I'm liking it a lot, a lot, which is, um, which is good, which is very good. So, well, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, for sure. Would you say that this is a good launch title for next gen? Yes, definitely. Especially because, like, I don't think there are a ton of RPGs, not true blue RPGs like this, um, out right now um, for next-gen consoles. So, like, if you have a Series X, it's not a PS5 yet. It will be in March. But if you have a Series X, this is definitely worth picking up. You do not have to play any of the Yakuza games to play this game. This is a completely new city, completely new characters. It is there are certain things referenced, but like nothing that's essential. You can completely go into this blind, um, which is another reason why they decided to change it up here. So that's also good. Um, but yeah, yeah. To, to answer your question, James, for sure. Like, yeah, I think this is a pretty cool launch title, especially if you're looking for something su- substantial. This can last you for quite a while. Well, that's good to know. Now, would you recommend it to people that played Persona to play this one too? Oh and yeah, if they like Persona. Yeah, if you like Persona, you would probably like this too. There are tons of um, tons of familiar elements, like the social links I mentioned earlier. Uh, the music so far is really great. In fact, this might be the best music I've heard in a Yakuza yet. Um, which Yakuza has pretty good music already, but this one, like the the victory theme music for the battles, is really addictive already. As soon as that came out, I was like, oh yeah, this is my shit. I might be in for some good some good times here um and it, they they really run wild with the dragon quest aesthetic like with loading screens there are like little uh what eight bit avatars that are on the screen and uh maybe 16 bit but but uh yeah in this in the style of dragon quests for whoever you have like a party with at the moment that's really cool every time someone joins your party you get like a little dun, 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 like a little you know what they would do in dragon quest it's it the Ichiban references directly that he is a Dragon Quest fan, like a mega fan, and uh, he envisions himself as the hero. So it, he literally says that. And so when you get into battles with people, they actually transform into like not like actual monsters, but their eyes start to glow red, and they start to they take like the trash can lid like to be a shield and maybe like a stick off the ground to be like a sword or something. So he like envisions it as if he's actually in Dragon Quest. That's the whole narrative. So there is a narrative reason why everything is an RPG now, which is really neat. Um, but yeah, scenic route to, to answer your question, uh, subject, yeah, definitely any RPG, really. Not just Persona, but any RPG. If you're a fan, if you've been itching to play one, this this is definitely the one to check out. All right. And that wraps it up for what's been playing. We've had a pretty long segment, so I actually think I'm going to call an audible here. And we're only going to talk about one item on the list today, which is going to be Game Awards 2020 nominees. So, yeah, the Game Awards uh, unveiled their nominees this this year. Uh, That will be on December 10th. I believe that show will be. And there were a number of categories – and selections that I found interesting. I'm going to go ahead and read off the game of the year list. And we can talk about that. Maybe discuss, do you think we like it? Do we not like it? And maybe any other titles or categories you guys want to shout out real quick. Okay. So for the game of the year, we've got Animal Crossing, New Horizons, 
Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. What do you guys think about this list so far? Um, I expected most of them to be there. I think Hades was the big surprise. Oh, really? Okay, I actually thought that one was a shoe in Okay, I, I, I well, just because of one. like all the other ones are your big title, like triple A stuff, and then Hades coming from uh, early access into one point That's what I mean. One. Yeah, like I get it's what the you're underdog, saying. basically. I got you. Yeah, like honestly, I'm I'm with you on that. Super Giant, you guys already know one of my favorite studios in in the industry, if not my favorite studio for sure. Um, I love Hades. Like I, that's just no secret. And I think it's the best game on this list, to be honest. Um, and none, nothing really here surprises me. But I think it's a solid list. Like I didn't look at any of these and go, no. There's one missing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, nah, like there were some cool. So I think a few things now, you know, me personally, I would have probably traded Ghost of Tsushima with something, but I like Ghost of Tsushima just fine. So that's okay. What would you trade it out for? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I would. I would be. I'm surprised that something like Half Life Alex didn't make it on, uh, or Ori Will of the Wisp didn't make it on. Um, Ori got a few nods, but not enough. I actually thought Half Life Alex would be in a Game of Year category. That's not something I have played directly, but I thought it would have gotten some shoutouts for sure. Hmm. Well, it's got best game direction on there. It did, yeah, which is awesome. That that's that's pretty cool. That's a game I definitely want to try to play um, as soon as I can. Absolutely, but um, probably it'll probably win the uh, best VR if, if Walking Dead doesn't take it. I feel like yeah. Half Life might. Yeah, I think the thing that for that I feel about Goes to Sushi is that like it's it's good. It's a good game. It's just. It's it's good. It's just not like it doesn't put it over like all these other games I could see kind of getting there, like of oh, okay, I see why that would I mean I see why Ghost got considered the game looks spectacular. Maybe one of the best looking games this whole year. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I would say top three. Top three. Um and it's a great it's a good open world game. It really is. So I don't want like anybody to think like, oh man, Rod. But I feel like board. it really does change the way that it did open world too. Like with the wind directing you where your waypoint is and stuff like that. Like I feel like it did a lot of things that kind of pushed it into a more notable like open world game that's different from an Assassin's Creed game or whatever. Mm. Yeah. It's it's certainly a, a, and I couldn't and I can't really argue that because like yeah I totally get why someone looks at that game and does something in that vein and says oh this is special like I get it I I get that so I can't I'm not gonna discount it because I I can't like it's it's a reasonable argument um, it's just like when I played it I was satisfied and I was like okay that was a good like seven or eight out of ten I'm cool I'm I'm good on that now I hate giving ratings so don't hold me to that please don't clip that but um but you know it's good it's a good game and and that's okay not everything has to be great you know right yeah but and i haven't um, played multiplayer so maybe that makes me change my mind too so oh you haven't roddy no i haven't downloaded it's actually on my ps5 so i'm ready to play it but uh i haven't played multiplayer well when we take a break from gears you're gonna play some ghosts yeah you better invite me too 
I feel like right. that's part of what might put it in the game of the year category too. Yeah, that that I free multiplayer edition. Yeah, that is pretty impressive that they were able to, to to put that out kind of just out of nowhere. So I definitely will give it that credit. Mm-hmm. But do you do you see any game um, outshining Hades? No, at least at the award show. Mm-mm. Uh, well, I think Last of Us Two is probably well for me personally. No, but like for everyone else, like everyone, not me, I would say Last of Us Part Two probably has the favorite. Uh, on that, like, because it has the most nominations, that's for sure. It it's it's Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog is an industry favorite among like just people as critics, especially. Um, but mm-hmm. I do feel like critics loved Hades, so I do think it has a decent chance. And Game of the Year, this category particularly, is the one that's voted on by the critics. So uh, I, I do think it has a nice shot to actually win. But Last of Us Two is the only thing I can see that could maybe take its lunch. That's not me personally, mm-hmm. but I think it can happen. Yeah, I, I, I might have to agree with you on like Hades, pos- like being able to want to take that crown. It's because I even think about the hype cycles that these games have been through. Yeah, and Last of Us Part Two was really heavy. Like that week, it dropped. Yeah, but what about like, Final Fantasy Seven too? At the beginning of quarantine, along right. with uh, Doom and uh, Animal Crossing. I think Animal Crossing had the most longevity out of this list just because it's a slower paced game. Right. The type and of it game was it a, it's like a creation type game. Yeah. So yeah, you but- get more mileage out of it. Doom Eternal was there. I think it rode the way of Animal Crossing, to be completely honest. Yeah. Those crossover memes were hilarious. They were pretty good. But what about FF7 being like the favorite among all gaming, like a must play? If if FF seven remake was a full FF seven, if it was maybe. the full game, then yeah, okay. I think it did a really good job of what they had, and again, I hadn't played seven before. I'm curious. I want to see the rest of the story play out, so I'm I'm interested. But as far as like a full complete package, Hades has it for me. Yeah. Um, I, I think in terms of, of narrative, in terms of art direction, in terms of gameplay loop, in terms of music, like, it's it, it just, yeah, it, it doesn't slack anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. It's firing on all cylinders in literally every single aspect. There's not one thing that I can think of that that game does not do well. Like I, I'm, I'm looking for flaws. I'm looking for flaws and I cannot find them. Like every single time I boot that game up, I'm like, show me something that sucks. And I just can't. I, like, I literally can't. I can't even think of a character I don't like. Yeah. In exactly. that game. Exactly. <laughs> and, and we have those in Last of Us. <laughs> Internet has sure shown do. us we have those. <laughs> we have them in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> like, the, for yeah. me, the way, because I haven't gotten too much into Hades. I think I have like less than 10 hours on it. Just because the way that I like to play those type of games, I like top down like Binding of Isaac or either flat like um, Dead Sails. Like the off angle that it goes for, I feel Mm -hmm. like for me, it's messing up like the way I'm trying to attack something. Either I'm not hitting too close to it or I'm too far and I just get hit. 
Like, I can't find that happy medium for me. Hmm. Interesting. I, I mean, all of Supergiant's games, except for Pyre, kind of ha- have the isometric view, uh, like Bastion and Transistor did. Um, so maybe I'm just used to it. But what it feels like to me is that Haiti. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you because I think that's what it is for me. Like, I'm not used to um, it. The the isometric view, at least for for me, gives the action more dimension than if it were just a side scroller. So, like because I get that off angle, as you referred to it as, um, I am able to actually see specifically how someone is attacking me. Like, ex- I need the exact pinpoint, uh, like where that's going to be, and I actually get that from the isometric view. Um, maybe give it like a little bit more of a shot, but I understand like what you're saying for sure. Um, but yeah, like, is, is that the main thing holding you back from that game? A little bit. I just probably need to break through that barrier. Then I will probably get better at it. It's just okay. right now it's on the side because I have other games I'm playing. So I, yeah. I do want to get to it because I do like the art style. I do like the music and the characters are super cool. I really do like it. Yeah, I think once you I, get past that and find you a weapon that really drives with you, I've been be okay. using the sword. Not a bad mostly. weapon, but there are. But some, I haven't yeah. unlocked any other ones so far. Oh, I don't think. You're in oh boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I have a bow. I'm trying to remember. I think I have a bow and maybe a spear. I can't remember. Yeah, um, top tier. Just wanted to call out a couple uh, categories here that I thought were really cool. So I thought it was very nice that 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim got nominated for Best Narrative. That's like a really small Vanillaware game um, that the, the people who did Dragon's Crown and, uh, and, and, and Odin's Fear, they released this game a month or two ago. I actually really, really want to play it. The main reason why I haven't is because um, I was I was getting these consoles and uh, other stuff is coming out, but as soon as I'm done, as soon as my schedule's clear, that's like the next thing I'm jumping into. But really awesome that that got nominated. I've heard some fantastic things about it. Uh, so very, very cool on that front. Best score music looks stacked. Stacked. Mm-hmm. Like that might be the most stacked category like in that I've seen. Um, you got Doom Eternal with Mick Gordon, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Last of Us Part Two. I think all of those completely slap. Uh, like I haven't heard the Will of the Wisp yet, but I've heard the Blind Forest. If it's anything like Blind Forest, I'm sure oh, yeah. it'll make great. you cry. It makes yeah. Me cry. So I uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So that category looks absolutely disgusting. Um, I find it weird that th- Mick Gordon is going to get a, he could possibly get a award for it, even though him and Bethesda are basically, or him and Id are basically not working together anymore. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, shout out to them for doing the games for impact uh, category. I think that that is actually really cool. I hope that they give it significant screen time. Like I whenever hope Spirit this Fair gets it. Um, Cause that's a very yeah, Spirit- cute game. Spear Fair, Kentucky Route Zero, tell me why. Like those games uh, are just, they seem really neat. Uh, and I think have interesting things to say in the game space. So uh, very cool that those got nominated as well. I think uh, best, best performance is stacked too. Yeah, some great performances. Some, some great performances, honestly. I think I really like Laura Bailey here. Uh, but, you know, th- again, Stats. The internet. 
<laughs> fuck the internet as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, Abby was not the problem with that game at all. I not love Abby. Um, Man, but- I hope that someone else gets uh, best game direction other than Last of Us Part 2 because that end was awful. It was so rushed. It was so poorly done. I hated it. Yeah. I hope yeah. Hades gets it or Ghost of Tsushima or Final Fantasy. Anything but Last of Us Part 2 for game direction. Yeah. Shout out to Hello Games uh, for getting a best ongoing for No Man's Sky. They're, yep. They've been doing they're really good. I don't know if I yeah. agree you know with it, but okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm really sad I didn't see on the for games for Impact fucking The Last Campfire. That game should be on there. Oh yeah, you have been like an advocate for that game. It is such a good game. Like the dialogue for it, it really like it tugs on you really hard. Hmm. Okay. Just the emotion that gives it for you, huh? Not even that, like some of the uh campers that you meet throughout the game, you can relate to some of it at some point that you've experienced through your life. Oh, that's one of those. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm sad that's not on there. What's up, James? I just realized Tony Hawk's on best sports game. Oh hell yeah, that's okay. gonna win. Easy. Yeah, that thing if if that was the two K I quit. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, Tony Hawk is I feel like Tony Hawk deserves so much. I, honestly, that may be what I would have traded Ghost for. I would have probably traded for for Tony Hawk. Like I, Whoa. I, yeah, yeah, I would have done it. Um, I like <laughs> Ghost. Once, once, once again, I, I like Ghost a lot. But Tony Hawk did something to me that, like, I it revived a franchise that was literally dead. Literally, I never in my life thought I would see another Tony Hawk. At least not one that was actually going to be good. And the fact and that they this got thing is, Tony Hawk to be super excited about something again. Yeah, I mean, he is basking in the glory right now, which he deserves to be. Like he, he and um, and the Vicarious Visions have done work on this game, and like they deserve it. Like they they deserve a lot of praise. I actually just re-downloaded that to my PS5 to to kind of dig in again and, and start playing. And uh, yeah, it's still phenomenal. Um, they're updating the game. They just added like private lobbies, things like that. So like they're still doing things and and. I'm just so excited for that game. Like, I, I, I don't know. It shocked me in a way that kind of, uh, what were we just talking about? Surprise. Oh, that Astro did. Like, a, like Astro kind of came out of nowhere where I was like, oh, okay, this is probably going to be cool. I'm unsure, but whatever. But then I played it and was kind of blown away. And same thing with Tony Hawk. Completely blown away. So, yeah. Is Any the other innovation for or innovation in accessibility is that a new category for this year or is that was that no, introduced I think last had, year? I think that was introduced last year. Okay, because Last of yeah, Us Part that, Two is a shoe in for that one. Yeah, that's a shoe in. I think that's a shoe in for sure. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, wrap up the show with a uh, the main topic today. We're really just going to be talking about the PlayStation Five launch, um, just in general. We've kind of talked about the games already. We've talked about uh, you know some aspects of it, the dual sense things like that. James, you and I actually have the PlayStation Five at the moment. Uh, subject, you're looking to get one in the future, so I'm curious, and you know, uh, to your perspective on what you've been noticing from you know everything that you've seen, everyone that you've been following, and what your expectations are just in general 
uh, concerning the system. Why don't you start us off with, with some of that? Um, I've seen that uh, people are mainly getting the disc one just because that's the most available one, and it's really hard to find the digital version one. But I've heard, or I've seen that just for both Xbox and PlayStation, they're both having issues with their disk drive, making a lot of noise and stuff. And sometimes the fans are a little bit too loud, where they should be quiet. But overall, it seems like not a bad launch. Overall, like, it's no Xbox 360 Red Ring of Death, but it's been pretty okay for the most part. I'm just hoping that more consoles will be shipped out and people can actually maybe go to a store and pick one up and see it instead of having it online and try to beat out bots and stuff like that because the online has been trying to buy it online has been super tough for anybody that doesn't know how to script and use bots to buy it for you. Yeah, that's been really unfortunate. Um, I can't say I'm super surprised, but like that's never a good thing. It's never fun for the consumer. Uh, definitely. So, cause we now know that. what people who try to buy video cards go through on a semi yearly basis or whatever. Yeah. That was hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. James, um, how, how have you, like how, how have you been enjoying your PS five launch? You know, you got it, you know, yeah. in a pretty smooth manner. You had any trouble with setup, anything like that. Was it everything a smooth process for you? Everything's been ridiculously smooth. The only issue I think that I had with the onboarding experience was doing the save transfers from PS4 to PS5. And that was only in one specific case. That was Skyrim, which had stability issues on PlayStation to begin with. So knowing that the save file didn't transfer over properly for me, eh, it's not a huge loss. Mm. Everything you else, tried, though, you hmm? try to download from the cloud. No, I actually did the. Um, I had both consoles connected to the same network, both oh, were wow. uh, land cabled in, and I moved everything else off of my PS5 onto a um, onto an external hard drive. My PS4 onto an external hard drive, except for Skyrim. That was the one thing that just wouldn't move. I tried moving it directly to the PS5, no luck. Directly to the uh, hard drive, no luck. But everything else has been really smooth. No overheating. I haven't had any freezes or glitches. Um, I really do like the the accessibility options that they provide on the PlayStation. And not so much even just um, like from a visual standpoint, but things like power saving mode. Um, I've, I've noticed that it's quicker to go into rest mode when it's not in use. Um, and that's really cool, given the fact that how fast the system is now shutdown is not so much of a big deal. Mm. So I feel like that's really come into play. Um, I also over saw the last that so. rest mode had a lot of issues with Spider-Man as well. Like no, there's I'm, a lot of people having issues with that. Not me. Maybe you I've got the two perfect systems with no problems whatsoever. Knock on, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm hoping so. Um, DualShock's been running really well. No 
no weakness in the triggers, no weird like offsets in the joysticks. D-pad seems to be functioning well. I've had a really good launch. I'm jealous nice. because I still have to deal with my DualShock 4's uh, controller drift. Oh, man. My, the batteries on mine are absolutely terrible. I can't imagine going back. Yeah. At this point. Uh, that the DualSense is, is probably the best thing that could have happened like in the transition from PS4 to 5 is because, yeah, I had terrible... Uh, like right stick drift and also like it wouldn't let me turn right all the way so playing a first person game was just awful like playing overwatch or or Warzone was just so annoying because my character could not turn right at a normal speed so sometimes i'd have to like just either take the death or i'd have to just turn left all the way i had to make like a 270 turn degree turn mm-hmm. so um yeah not not great but um yeah, so I've had similar experience to you, James. I've had a couple problems, but mostly really smooth. Um, the data transfer took like 12 hours for me, um, but and only one of my systems was hooked up to the LAN. I was probably part of it. But, um, but once it got transferred over, it, everything seemed to come over smooth, like the saved data down to like the games that were actually on my PS4 at the time, which is cool. Uh, and so that's been great. I did have a shutdown on, um, on Miles Morales though. Like I, I didn't, did not know where that came from. It was like, I was maybe three fourths through the game. There's a a point where like you're in an apartment and like you're, I was just picking stuff up like off the counter and it kind of like froze for a second Hmm. and then kind of went like did a rainbow color on the screen and then shut down everything. Like the whole, the console shut down completely. And I was really scared. And then it wouldn't turn back on for like a few minutes. And so I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I just read earlier that day that that started happening to people um, through Miles. So I was like, oh, shit. So but after a few minutes, it did turn back on and then it 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 reboot. Uh, Now, it did give me like the restoring database. And I got lucky because apparently some people have gotten stuck on that screen. And are yeah, not been able good. To, not good. Yeah, they've been unable to move forward. In fact, that, I think that's where I got stuck on my PS4 that one time when I lost all my data uh, when I got oh, locked yeah. out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was something similar happened to me. So, but this time it, it did rebuild the database or whatever, and I was able to actually uh, proceed, which is which was good. Um, but I have not had any problems since. Uh, but I am definitely on the lookout. We got a firmware update a couple of days ago. I'm hoping that did something. I do think it's there a was another issue. Um, I want to say it was, I thought it was like, just one. It, I think we've only had one so far. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, we've we've had. They've really think. been like going together that much. I thought we just had a software update like today. Oh, if we did today, I I don't I didn't have it, but. Um, but we definitely got one recently, and I do think that the issues so far have been firmware related and not necessarily like due to the games. I know a lot of people have been saying that it's like Sony first party games doing it. I don't know if that's the case because it's been happening in multiple games for people. Um, so I have a feeling it's something firmware related. But on the bright side, I haven't had that many issues. Um, I like the UI actually quite a bit. They're only so something that does kind of frustrate me though is that there's a few button presses to kind of get to things that only took one before. Like before I could only, I could hold my PlayStation button 
and scroll down to my friends list like really easily. Now you have to like press the PlayStation button. You have to actually scroll over to your friends list. And then, then like if you want to pull up your full list, like you can either you have to actually press the button for that for the full list, or you can use the mini scroll for that. Um, kind of wish I could do something about the recent friend chat thing or whatever at the top. So that's mm-hmm. not taking up so much real estate. So I think there's a lot of small stuff on the UI that um, I don't love and that can definitely be fixed like in a patch or something like down the line, which I'm sure they, they will do as more people buy these things um, and get, they receive more feedback. Uh, but just as a starter, I like this a lot. Um, so yeah. And just the speed of it is, is incredible. We said this last week too, for the, for the Xbox, we were just kind of shook by like, you know, and, and we talked about how like, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Microsoft store, but like navigating it was way easy because everything loaded instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, same deal here for, for the PS5, like everything loading lightning fast. Uh, it feels good to go into the store and actually not have lag. Like, Isn't I can't it even, crazy? I can't believe it. It's like not even the same thing anymore. Man, it's I can't built wait into to the get system that. now, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, subject. Look forward to that um, because browsing the store is no longer a pain in the ass. Oh, for sure. And um, another small thing I noticed, it's dealing with the storage situation. Even like getting those readings are astronomically faster than they are on PS4. Yeah. I used to hate checking my storage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I know I'd have to like go and wait for like a solid two minutes for the screen to be like, oh, okay, here are your games. Yeah. It still copies games over. So like if you get an update or something, it does, but it's faster. It is faster than it was. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually think it would actually, it would do that anymore, but, but it does. Um, but it is, it is much quicker. You're not waiting like 1%. Two percent, like you know, it's not that yeah. anymore. Uh, <clears throat> so that's good, but yeah, I, I think Sony has had in in the midst of COVID nineteen, like it, it, they've had a decent a decent launch. Like it's been, I, I still don't think there's like you know when you look at new experiences, like I don't think they're really going to get anything until Ratchet and Clank. Like we've got demons. We talked about Demon Souls. It's a remake. Spider Man, Miles Morales. It's a cross gen title. Like a lot of the games that we are we've been playing, you know, are not really exclusive experiences right now. Um, so that's why I don't really feel bad. And, and people have asked, like, hey, should I really get one of these things right now? You know, or, or I really want one. I feel terrible that I can't get one. And I'm like, don't right now. If you have a PlayStation Four, like, don't feel that bad. Like, there's definitely quality of life improvements. But like as far as like, you know, right now I'm, I'm spending my time playing a PlayStation 4 game, basically. Um, and that's that's kind of just what it is right now. Uh, and also Demon Souls, like I am playing that. That is an exclusive, but that's something that already has existed. So I'm not really going to be playing anything new until uh, presumably next year, when whenever Ratchet drops. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. It may be something will come out in, like before then too, but, you know... I, it's going to be a slow but steady climb, but that's how launches always are. This is just the launch period. Like it's, it's always like this. So, um, so I don't really expect, um, you know, much, much more than that, but I've been, I've been happy so far. Uh, I think, I think Sony has started in a decent spot. The hardware is, is really great. looks ugly as shit, but I like it. Um, can we talk? I don't mind the alienware. 
Really? I, I think it is a behemoth. It is like horrendously ugly. My uh, my girlfriend has said that she does not like it, uh, that it is an eyesore. Uh, and you just got to no take longer. those plates off, Roddy. Find you a nice artist somewhere nearby. Get them custom done. <laughs> and you you will love it. I, I did see a <clears throat> lot of like people already customizing their own plates. I, honestly, I can live with like the design of it. It's just the size is a, it's a behemoth. I, 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 I underestimated how big it was. Like really? I didn't think it was that big. Yes, I did not. I think overestimated. It was that big. I thought the Series X was going to be way bigger, and then I pulled out the Series X and I was like, "Oh, it's just this tiny little box thing." Okay, cool, whatever. Like it's plain, but it like it's not. It was not big though. Like this is huge. So when I put it on my, the the particular counter space that I have is like that I'm putting the console on. Mm-hmm. It took up maybe like a, not even a quarter of the Series X, and I was like, all right, cool, cool. I also had the Series X on its side, um, and I'm laying the PS5 on its side too. That's a problem. Take, yeah, take, I'm not. Up. I'm not. No, I'm not standing it up where it is right now. I'm not doing that. There is a there is an animal here. There's a cat that I do oh, not trust. Yeah. Uh, Put it in the cage, so, bro. What you talking about? Oh, I oh I definitely would, but that, that one that's not my choice. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I have to lay it on its side right now, and it's just it's just huge. It's too big right now. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't love it. I don't love it. That was one of the um, first things I did do when I got the PlayStation was compare it to my PC. Yeah, because I was just for curious, like curiosity's sake. I have a mid sized tower in like in my setup right now and the ps5 is shorter than it by maybe two or three inches mm-hmm. and not nearly as like wide so i think given the, the power that's inside that thing and having to get cooling done um sony did a really good job making it as small as they did how quiet is it I've have you had any fan problems with it? N- no, I haven't noticed any. Now, provided wow. I keep it on the other side of my room, but my PlayStation was in that same spot, and I have noise complaints still for my PS4's jet engine. So. <laughs> um, occasionally, I've had fan issues. No, I don't have the coil line that some people have. Um, I don't have like an egregious fan that runs all the time, but it does run loud when it is installing something. Um, and it does run loud on the initial, I believe on the initial boot. Um, it will run loud for a moment when it's booting and then it will quiet down. Um, randomly, occasionally, if I'm on like a two, three hour session, the fan might kind of run randomly for like a couple minutes and then it'll die down so it's not often but i do get it occasionally sounds um, like normal pc stuff too honestly sometimes yeah PC fans will kind of do mm-hmm. that it's it's not something that that bothers me like i wish it was quiet all the time of course but it's not something that you know makes me regret buying it or something like it's not that bad like some people have have an actual coil now if i had coil line this might be a different discussion um uh, that is oh yeah highly irritating I, I don't think i could really handle that but uh, but just a fan going off every now and then it's fine my tv is usually loud enough anyway or i might have headphones in to where it's not bothering me um so yeah all right um 
anything else about the PS5 that we want to cover before we end today? Any any final thoughts on uh, on where Sony is at right now? Well, I think didn't they say that they're going to update the like the fan stuff through firmware updates? I've heard that. I've heard that. I don't know if they've said anything officially, but I have heard that from other people. I wonder if they're going to make like a PS5 Pro or something. Like download. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll probably get a mid-gen refresh. That might be one I actually purchase because I can't do this this size thing anymore. So whenever they come out with a, a slim, I'll probably get that. <laughs> um, but yes, I think a mid-gen refresh is, is a given for sure. And I did see on a PlayStation 5 like a uh, TV trailer that Horizon uh, Forbidden West is coming yeah. late or second, second half, half of, of 2021. 20, so I'm excited for that. That's coming pretty okay. soon. As long as we're talking about Horizon, where is our 60 FPS patch? FPS patch? Everybody else got one. I need a 60 FPS on Horizon Zero Dawn. Really? It's not on there? Nope, it's still locked at thirty. That sucks. That's where if you get a, if you have a PS5 right now, that's probably where you're going to want to spend most of your time anyway. Is trying <coughs> different games out because they've added um, either sixty frames per second or just things load faster. Like even when I'm playing Yakuza, the game loads so fast I can't even read the tooltips. So like um, I want to know certain things sometimes, but the tooltips are like several sentences long and I can't even get to them which sounds like not a big deal, but like sometimes I actually do genuinely want to know certain things. So about the game, uh, which I can't find out any other way, but the tooltips. So uh, yeah, but other than that, like a lot of your old games will load faster. I've found that to be the case on almost everything that I've tried. From Bloodborne, the world was so pretty. Oh, Oh, yeah. And 60 frames. Oh, yes. I wonder how fast Ghost loads on 5, especially how quick it loads on PS4. Like I, I tried it. Yeah, I I tried it on PS5. Um, it loads about the same, to be honest. Uh, oh, I, I really? didn't notice. Like, it might be like a hair faster, but I mean, they were so fast on PS4. Like, it didn't even matter. Like, it was so quick. It's like two sec, two, three seconds, maybe not even. Um, it's it's very fast on PS5, but it felt negligible. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've heard someone called like Ghost of Tsushima on PS4 like like a secret PS5 game just because of how they managed to get those load times to go so quickly for that size right. of game. Yeah, yeah, and we we found out because that was because of the assets that they loaded in were so uh low in terms of um storage like it was like 40 50 megabytes something like that for like uh, every single texture which is like lower than what it usually is. So it was compressed down to where they could just load them much faster. Um, so it, it it's same thing here, but with Ghost, the big thing with that is that it's just, if it's running at a higher frame rate, that's really the biggest thing. Man, Call of Duty should take some notes from that and Assassin's Creed. Nope. Yeah. 200 gigs plus or plus. Yeah. That's really ridiculous. And one of the reasons why I'm waiting is because I would like like an official internal storage uh, expansion because I have two terabytes on my PS4 and I'm looking to probably get like a five terabyte for a PS5. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
for internal storage, and I don't want to have like a brick external drive to plug into USB or anything like that. I just want a internal because they do have like a little place where you could just like pop one in and then shove it in. Yeah, but those are only M.2s, and a 5 gig M.2 is not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Or accessible, even. Yeah, yeah so I, mean, <laughs> I want an official list from them, or if they even create like their own official one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just from on a storage tip, a little tip I like to use was uh, I grabbed a Western Digital one. Um, it was a five terabyte, and it was like a hundred dollars. Everything runs perfectly fine on it. So if you just want to get something to hold you over. Like a nice portable SSD should do you just fine, at least for the uh, backwards compatible games. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. they say mm. the PS5 games won't yeah. read. Yeah, all next gen games have to be installed on internal yeah. systems. That's Xbox and PlayStation. Ugh. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I think that'll bring us to a close here on the show. Let's go ahead and wrap it up with. Uh, some closing thoughts, not necessarily on the topic, but just in general. Subject, what you got for us this week? Um, I'm looking forward to my Thanksgiving break away from these children because they're driving hmm. me nuts. Yeah. Only four more days or two more days whenever this whenever this gets released. The children for, from your job, not your yes. actual children. Okay. No, I have zero children. I do not want gotcha. children. <laughs> Even though I am, I want to be a teacher, but I don't want kids. It's very strange, but that makes perfect sense. You give them back when you're done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's a good James, way to put it. I didn't think about that before. That's really good. <laughs> James out here giving life tips. I love it. James, what you got for us? Um, I was gonna say happy Thanksgiving, but we have one more episode before then, huh? We'll be mm. recording on Thanksgiving Eve next week. Um, or everybody will says we? Yeah, yeah, I actually don't know. Maybe, oh, probably. Right, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe I have well, no idea. <laughs> holidays are coming up, people. We will figure out what's going on with our recording schedules. Well, we gonna get you that should I play that content as best as we can when we can't get it to you. Um, also, stay safe out there. If you are in America, you know that. Uh, it's Shit's just some, yeah. It is what it is. Rona's back. Round two. We're not ready. Hopefully, like y'all, we have time four. to get rid. Let me have my outro. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We're working the school systems. We're losing so many teachers so fast. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um, hug hug an essential worker today. Or, or di- like a safe distance hug. <laughs> Thoughts and hug. prayers hug. Give him one of those. <laughs> Take take care of yourselves and each other. That's all I got. Roddy, what you got for us? Excellent, excellent. All right. Uh, If you like what you've heard today, definitely check us out on all of our socials. Um, We've got Facebook, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that you really consume your podcast is where we will be. And we especially like it if you go onto Apple Music and you give us a like, comment, rate, all of that good stuff. It really helps with our visibility there. Um, and also check us out Wednesdays at 9 Eastern on uh, for our live shows. We typically do those. We've been audio only for the past couple of weeks, but we'll be back on the uh, Twitch streams soon. That's twitch.tv slash SSJBlackRock. That's B-L-A-C-K-K. 
A R R O T. I think that's it. I think he's got yeah. two K's. Yeah. Awesome. Wait, wait, is it one? I thought it was two oh, R's two. and one K. Okay. Two R's and one K. Two R's and one K. We're going to incorporate that into the spelling next time. Two R's and one K. I like it. And that's about it, guys. All right. That wraps it up for this week. We'll catch you next time. Drink more water, as Chris might say, and stay beastly. Peace. Bye.